Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 167 of the Clockwork Cantina. I'm one of your hosts, Josh902, and this is the other host of the show. T3, what's going on, everybody? Hello. Happy New Week. Happy New Week, guys. Uh, it is July 17th, 2023. It is Monday, which is when we always do this show, or try to, at the very least. Uh, and we have some cool things to be talking about today. Uh, DT and I read a comic that'll be in the second half of the show. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin from 2020. Can't wait to talk about that in the second half of the show. Um, yeah. And we got some news and things to go over with and to talk about what we've been up to this past week. So let's hop into it. Also, uh, let me know how the audio stuff is. I've made some adjustments here. Uh, every week I feel like I say this. I've made adjustments on the audio. I'm trying to adjust myself down a little bit, but I, I think I'm a little high. I need to turn myself down a little bit more. Um, but, uh, yeah, DT, let's go ahead and talk about what we've been up to this past week. How about it, my friend? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, what have you been up to this past week? This past week, I have been, uh, as per usual, watching things. Um... So I watched. Uh, I've really watched anything TV TV show wise, other than like Keeping Up with Secret Invasion. Um, and then we watched the uh, the Arnold doc, so I guess mm -hmm. that, that counts as well, the three part doc series. But yeah, that was pretty good, man. If you like uh, if you like Arnold or you, you know you care about his story and all that, definitely check it out because it's uh, it's pretty 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 good. Three three parts. Um, yeah, definitely uh, recommend that one. It was pretty good because they go into like the three aspects of his life, right? They go into the bodybuilding stuff, they go into the acting stuff, and then the politics. So follows it, you know, from one to another. So yeah, it's uh, good stuff for sure. And then, uh, aside from that, movie-wise, I watched a bunch of stuff. I watched 500 Days of Summer, finally, because that's a movie that I've heard a lot about, and I'm like, you know what, I need to check it out, so I did. Uh, I watched this little DC showcase short called uh, Commandy, The Last Boy on Earth, which is like a Planet of the Apes-esque DC kind of thing mm -hmm. it was very fascinating i i uh i didn't know much about the character and all that stuff and it was it was pretty cool like watching it and the main character was voiced by our boy cameron monahan so that, that, oh. that, was, that was pretty good it's really short it's like 18 minutes long uh definitely recommend it if you guys haven't checked it out it's a pretty cool little dc showcase short that uh yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool so recommend that and then, uh, movie-wise, continuing, I watched Good Morning Vietnam. I watched the first three Fast and the Furious movies because I'm like, I don't really care about those movies, but I just wanted to check out the first three to kind of get like a, you know, a reminder of of just because it's you know summertime, summer movie time. Let's watch, let's watch some of these the the originals. So I just watched the first three, and man, like. 
those movies are so 2000s, but also like, <laughs> dude, we talk about Tokyo Drift all the goddamn time. The soundtrack to that movie is fucking fire as hell, dude. But goddamn, the characters in the story is so trash, dude. Oh my <laughs> god, dude. They have this grown ass man playing a high schooler. And it's like, oh, son, you got kicked out of high school. How could you let this happen? Meanwhile, homeboy's got a five o'clock shadow and shit. But like, <laughs> how, how is this guy? How, uh, dude, uh, it's how so old, ridiculous How old was me. he when they made that movie? How old do you know? That's a damn good question. I have no <laughs> idea. But none of, like, Paul Walker is not in that movie. It's just some other, like, just some other guy, right? Like, some other American dude. Uh, I don't, I don't know Lucas, how old he is. It's Lucas I, I Black, know. I think, right? Like, Lucas I've Black, seen him yeah. Lu- yeah, him. I don't know how old it was. The movie was made in, like, what, 05? Google says out, like, he was, 06. like, like, Google says he was 22 uh, when, they, when they made yeah. that movie. He did not look like no goddamn high schooler, bro. He looked, <laughs> he looked so much older than that, dude. Uh, and easily the best character of that movie was Han. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. And then, dude. Fucking, you know Bow Wow, right? Like, the... the mm-hmm. Bow Wow is in that movie. And he plays a character named Twinkie. And they call him Twink multiple times in the movie. <laughs> and I could not... St- I, I could not believe it, bro. <laughs> I could not. I was like, they really call him Bow Wow Twink and Twinkie, bro. Like, what the fuck? What kind of <laughs> fucked up nickname is that, dude? Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up about Tokyo Drift because we all talk about, like, you know, the great, you know, dun, 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 you know. Yeah. And, and, and again, the soundtrack is, is killer. But, man, the characters in the story in that are just not great, bro. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Anyway, so I watched those three. Yeah, I got you. I watched uh, Legend from 1985. Uh, has a young Tom Cruise. Has uh, Tim Curry. And then it has Mia Sarah. Which, man, Mia Sarah. But, uh, yeah, it was a fantasy movie. It was interesting seeing, like, a young Tom Cruise play that type of character. Because, you know, we know him now as, like, you know, Mission Impossible and action movie star guy. But. You know, he was like a young 22, 23 year old dude in that movie, and it was it was it was so different from what you know all the stuff he's done. So it was a pretty cool in that regard. And Mia Sarah, if you guys know her from Ferris Bueller, man, she she's beautiful. But anyway, uh, and then finally, I watched the the newest Transformers movie, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, and I had a damn good time watching with this movie, man. I feel like the human characters uh were were likable. Um the sound or, or the uh the, the transformer fighting bits were were awesome. Had a pretty dope soundtrack and I enjoyed the humor as well. So you know, the the combination of all of that made it for a pretty uh pretty pretty enjoyable movie, um, for me at least. So I had a good cool. time. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to check that out yet, but I want to. And then video game-wise, it's just, you know, it's Fortnite, seven days, although I've kind of been, like, cooling down on the seven days a little bit. I still play it, but I've been cooling down on that. And then uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, still playing it on stream. And then I've been playing And I like, just last night, I played a little bit of Valorant because I haven't played it in a while. Man, I feel like if you don't play that game for a little bit, you just lose. 
your like ability for a you know you, you, that's one of those games you got to keep up with i feel like mm-hmm. but anyway that's been what that's what i've been up to so go ahead and take it away because it is your turn my friend okay uh oh, for me i also watched the arnold doc and i enjoyed it uh, i recommend checking it out if you guys are fans of arnold and uh, want to check out his early days his movie days his political days all that stuff um enjoyable enjoyable little doc i like watching a doc every once in a while seven days to die I've been playing some I've, i'm kind of like dt i've kind of cooled on it a little bit here because we've done it we played a lot we played a lot in like a short amount of time so i'm kind of like I'm not, I don't hate the game or anything. I enjoy it when we play it, but it's like, it's time for me to cool off and kind of move on to something else till the next big, you know, update or whatever uh, for that. It's kind of how I'm feeling on that. Um, <clears throat> uh, Stream-wise, what we've been playing on the stream uh, is uh, Final Fantasy 16. Still going through that. I was like, I'm sure we're halfway through the game when I stopped streaming the other day. And you can check your main story progress on the uh, front menu of play- the PlayStation uh, app, on the, or on the PlayStation dashboard, yeah. rather. And, um, yeah, it's like, you're at 46%. I was like, how? How am I at 46% complete? Something major just happened. I was sure we were at the halfway point. Nah. Nope. Uh, so <laughs> we're almost to the halfway point of Final Fantasy 16, but I'm enjoying it still, having a lot of fun um, with 16. Uh, uh, next up, we got a code uh, early, uh, a day before it came out, code for Jagged Alliance 3. And I've always been kind of interested in the in those games, and uh, they had a new release. And we got to play it a little bit before it, the day before it released on stream, and... I have been playing it off stream as well and have become obsessed with it. Um, I was in Discord last night and I just muted myself and I'm pretty sure I was like, I'm just going to mute and then I'm going to finish this mission and then I'm going to go to bed, right? It was like, two, I looked at the clock and it was like midnight. I looked at the clock again when I was th- like through some missions and it was 2 a.m. and I was like, you know what? I should probably go to bed before I fuck up my sleep schedule after getting it for working it right again, so... Um, <clears throat> I can, I can recommend Jagged Alliance 3 to people. Like, it's really good. I've had a lot of fun with it. It's difficult at times until you, I think it ha- it's one of those things that has like a very steep, hard to learn early type game. But once you get it down, you are pretty golden. Like I've been pretty golden, uh, playing, uh, through it now that I've kind of learned it a bit. So... I do recommend it to folks if they want to try it out. Um, I've had some like very minor performance things that'll happen on occasion, but nothing major to shout out. Um, and yeah, just a shout out to the devs that hooked us up with a key that let us play early and, and get that kind of streamed up a little bit on the channel. Gave us a little bit oh, of yeah, a dude. boost for a day, and I appreciate that. Um, awesome. Uh, and the last thing is I just want to shout out the 902 Dice Creations TikTok. It hit 500 followers today. Um, so that was just very special to me, and I just wanted to, to shout out all the lovely people that follow us on TikTok, uh, for the dice-making stuff. I appreciate you guys. 
I, I put a lot of love and a lot of work into my dice, and, and the fact that people enjoy them, like them, and buy them makes me very happy. Like, it, it gives me a, a boost that I need sometimes, so. Uh, shout out to everybody that follows us on the TikTok over there. Appreciate you guys. And, uh, that's kind of been it, DT, other than, like, uh, the comic and my light just died again. I'm, I swear to God. Damn. But we're just cursed, this is, DT, this with is, lights I, on the show. <laughs> I know. I feel you because my light's still busted over here, and I got to replace it. But I, uh, like, yeah. Hey, Elgato, hook us up with some lights, it. please. Yeah, right? Hook us up with some <laughs> ring lights, man. Shit. Please, we're dying over that'd, here. Uh -huh. That'd be nice. Anyway. Uh, anyway, that's what I've been up to the past week. It's been fun. It's been a lot of, like... A lot of Final Fantasy 16, a lot of Jagged Alliance for the most part, and then, you know, the comic that we read, so. Um, and uh, and counting the days down, the Baldur's Gate 3, kind of like, I try not to think about it because it makes time go that much slower. You know what it I mean? Again? I don't it will come out August 3rd, and I misspoke, I think, last mm -hmm. week when I said we were going to get early access so you could play it at the end of July. That was apparently wrong. One of the devs had to correct that. It will be August 3rd for everybody that's on PC. Yeah. So um, that'll be it. So not not super long wait, like a few weeks. But uh, I'm dying to, to play through that whole game and get my hands on some of that new stuff that they're going to add. But yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Cool. Yeah. All right, DT. Let's uh, hop into the news. How about it? Let's do it. Also... Uh just really quickly, I was checking my email earlier today, and I got a key for a game as well. So we're going to be trying that out Ooh. at some point. Maybe tomorrow? I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe tomorrow. Well, we'll see. But so it's a key. It's it's something that I had tried out for, you know, when we had, like, all the demos for Next Fest or whatever. Ah, yes, sir. It's, it was one of those games, and the game, of, like, came out today, and I the, I got a key for it. So we're going we're gonna to try it out. Uh. Well, we're we're gonna play it because I tried it out and I really liked it, but but we'll we'll play it tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. It'll, it'll be a fun little. It, it's it's one of those cozy games. So if you're looking for something like that, we're gonna try it out or, or not try it out, but you know what I mean. We're, we're gonna try it on stream. We're gonna play it on stream. I got you. Anyway, let's continue with the news. So today's game of news, we got I think the most uh for the news we have the ga gaming news is the most that we have more than tv or movie which makes sense because of the strikes going on but yeah uh ea is seemingly hiring for a third star wars jedi game which i mean to be honest this doesn't surprise me or anyone yeah. who's been paying attention to the star wars jedi games because stegos Musen, i mean he said like a while back that he always envisioned the series as a trilogy so Makes a lot of sense, but Respawn Entertainment is currently recruiting team members for what is presumably a third Star Wars Jedi game. Uh, the EA studio is seeking to hire a principal game writer and a senior VFX artist to work on new content for the action-adventure series. Notably, lists its Unreal Engine 5 experience as a big plus VFX job description. Uh, shortly before Survivor's release in April, Stegos Musen, uh said he hoped to make a trilogy of games. Uh, he told IGN, it's a pretty safe assumption that a third game in a series would see a response switch from Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal 5 for development. 
Continuing the story of Cal Kestis, one of the last surviving Jedi Knights. Uh, Survivor picked up five years after 2019's hit game, Jedi Fallen Order. He said, I always wanted to see this as a trilogy. How can we take Cal and the crew to new places beyond what we were doing in the first game? We had a pretty decent idea of time frame where we wanted Survivor to take place. The stakes were going to be what the tone of the game was going to be, what Cal was going up against, and how the crew was going to factor into that. And there's ideas of what we could do beyond that as well. So, yeah, again, uh, we knew about this uh, yeah. pretty much. So it's not really news, but, you know, they're like starting to hire people for it. And it makes a lot of sense that they would. Um, and you do get a smidge of detail on it, which is like the move up to... Yeah, for UE5, which again yeah. makes sense too, but it's like we fight, but they're like, you know, it's something that like you could assume or guess, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or like, like I said, but the fact that it's like, oh, it's confirmed that they're going from UE4 to UE5, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. the thing. So, so yeah, that that's cool. And, uh, you know, I like the first game and the second game, and, and I'm very curious to see where the story goes, especially after the second game, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, sorry, I got distracted. No, no worries. Uh, yeah, I just like I said, I just uh, I just like you know, Josh and I both played the second game. We did we did a uh, an episode, and we did an entire episode to Jedi Survivor. So if you guys want to hear our thoughts on that, go check it out. But basically, I'm very curious where the story goes. You know, from from that point. Uh, so yeah, it's it's gonna be super interesting, super 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 interesting to see where that goes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let me. You have any other uh, thoughts on that, Josh? Like, uh... no, no, just uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty excited. To to for it because I I enjoyed Survivor. Obviously, we talked about it on the show, and we're looking forward to like I, I I like that we'll get like a completion to it. You know, all right, all right. What do we got next? So we have we have a trailer. It's for Banishers: Ghosts of New Eden. This is another game that I have on my radar. That I have been wanting to, or that I that ever since we saw it at like one of the the game shows, or, or uh, I forget if it was like some summer game fest or, or the game awards or something like that. It was either one of those though. But ever since we saw this game, I was super interested in it, and now we have uh, another release date reveal trailer. So if you're ready, we can check this out. Yes, sir. All right, three, two. One and go. Life to the living, death to the dead. Consider our lovers, Antea and Red, the greatest banishers I ever knew. Life to the living, we say, and death to the dead. It is not so simple. Since the dawn of humanity, the dead have lingered. Dead as alive, we are complex and emotional beings. Many and tangled are the ties that bind. 
Since the beginning of memory, banishers have fought to sever those ties. Death is but a trifle. It comes to us all. To haunt or be haunted. There lies the true horror. I, Charles Davenport, should know it. The haunting of New Eden scared me to death. I dearly wish I had not begged my friends to come and lift the curse. November 7th, so it's coming out this year. Again, I know we say this a lot this year, but it's true that this year has been and is continuing to be stacked. For sure. Uh, so I paused it on the collector's too. edition because this looks so cool, man. Look at this collect. So many good collector's yeah, editions I mean, lately, too. It's yeah, killing me. The, I, I, I try not to look at that because I'm like, bro. Oh, I, but I, look how I cool it is. Though. No, I know. I know. I know. But that's why. It's like I don't even. Uh, it's just, it's just going to be a bad time if I look at how cool one of them collector's edition <laughs> is, man. Also. Like. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, today's the three-year anniversary of fucking Ghost of Tsushima, right? Yeah, and which, by the way, another game that we really loved and we did an episode on, and and absolutely, it's my, it's my, it's my game of the year for twenty twenty. But I, that's one game that I wish I would have got the fucking collector's edition on if I could have, because man, that shit's so good. But anyway, yeah, I did, I did, I did manage to get my hands on that one. Um, I, I was just gonna say, it strikes me as kind of funny. It's like her name is Antia, Antia, right? And his name is just Red. I'm like, her name sounds so cool, and, and like. Like it belongs to another world, right? And his name is just Red. The <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. But that's just silly, silly stuff. I I noticed on it, you know. Like your boy Red from Red Dead, or what is it, Red Dead Revolver? Yeah, Red Harlow. Is it weird? Yeah. I still remember his name all these years later. I remember Red Harlow from what? fucking Red Dead. Uh. Uh. That, that's what. That's the one I I haven't really played, but I I do I do remember his name was Red. Yeah. Sure. All right, you ready to move on to the next thing? Yes, sir. All righty. So the next thing that we have here is uh, we have a trailer, gameplay trailer, for Hellboy Web of Weird. And uh, I haven't seen this, but I do know that it includes uh, the voice of our guy Lance Reddick, who managed to finish his lines before you know his passing. So let's check this out. It's only fifty seconds. Uh, three, two, one. Thou art death. 
than to claim me and break the contract. I just want to stop this place from breaking my place. And I say... Thou shalt go no further. <sighs> oh, brother. Have it your way. There it is. Looks cool, man. I dig the uh, I dig the art style. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know it'll be one of Lance's like last things that he did, right? So it's another another reason to check that out. But I mean, I, I was already interested in the game anyway, so definitely want to uh, give that a, a shot and give that a try because it looks pretty dope. Yeah, I, I at first didn't even realize that he was the he was gonna be the voice for uh I don't think I did either. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, <clears throat> awesome. It's such a shame we lost him, like Honestly, yeah. Right now. Like he's Man, it's just, it sucks. It fucking sucks a lot. Uh... Well, right. the game looks cool. It should be coming out on, like, pretty much all the things. So, uh... Yeah. Just keep an eye out if you guys are interested in that. And we have another trailer to check out. You know, we got a bunch of trailers to check out. But we're moving on to the next one, which is going to be Remnant 2, the Hunter Archetype reveal trailer. All right. So when you're ready, let's I'm check ready. it out. All right. In three, two, one, go. Archetypes in Remnant 2 come with their own set of unique tools designed for defeating the biggest and baddest enemies that the apocalypse has ever seen. This is Tragic from Gunfire Games, introducing the final starting archetype, the Hunter. Always a classic, the Hunter focuses on long-range, precision-based gameplay. They easily identify targets and eliminate them. Often before the battle even begins, their perks are designed around making every hit count and capitalizing on each opportunity, no matter how small the window. The key to their entire kit is the prime perk, dead to rights. Scoring range weak spots while a hunter skill is active extends its duration nice. even beyond its initial values. In addition to the prime, the hunter also has a unique ability called marking. When marked, enemies can be seen through walls and are more susceptible to critical hits from the entire team. Everyone eats when the hunter's on the prowl. Their first skill, Hunter's Mark, is a tried and true fan favorite. The hunter instantly reveals and marks all enemies in a wide range. While active, every enemy is automatically marked for the entire team. That's nice. No one hides from the hunter. Their second skill, Hunter's Focus, is a more calculating technique. While aiming down sights, their target will become automatically marked. If they remain focused without shooting, they gain huge bonuses to accuracy, damage, and critical chance. 
The buff remains active so long as the hunter remains aiming. This one's personal. Their third skill, Hunter Shroud, makes the hunter a nearly untouchable killing machine. They instantly slip into the shadows, making it easier to avoid damage while moving. Their next attack, Drop Shroud, marks enemies within close range and grants a strong range and melee damage buff. If the hunter doesn't attack for a short duration, they instantly reshroud. Sentinel from the now Matrix. See, now you're dead. Dude, I'm just amazed at how the different the many enemy types the there are in this. Long shot. The first game, I feel like each area had its own mm -hmm. things you could fight, but, I'm, but the variety in this one already seems like it's... Or, More. I don't know. I might be wrong. Just... We'll it just looks like there's a lot more different enemy types to fight this time around. Makes sense for a sequel. Go bigger, better, further, faster, stronger, you know, all that. Pretty cool. Pretty dope. <laughs> Majin says they're, they're adding, adding a bow, too. A bow, We're, yeah, that's cool. Where? Is there a video of that Majin somewhere, or is there an article or something, or is it? Did they show it in that trailer and I just missed it? Because I saw you say that in in Discord. Um, it was a blink and miss it in the trailer. Okay, I missed it in the trailer, <laughs> but that's cool. Uh, that that is pretty uh, pretty dope. I mean, we love all kinds of different uh weapon types so that's awesome yeah all right you ready for the next one it's payday three stealth gameplay trailer oh this is gonna be interesting yeah all right let's check it out this one's a minute 20 something a minute 27 okay so let's check it out let me know when you're good i'm ready let's go all right three <clears throat> two one play look at these guys mate i kind of want to play the second one like before we play the third one, just like, I don't know, I haven't played it in a while and it'd be fun to do that again before we hop into the new one. Look at these guys crawling around. <laughs> Number 21st. Honestly, th that would be interesting, Majin, like doing crossovers, like Payday and like, you know, 
something else. Kind of like Nakatomi how, uh, Plaza. Is that yeah, is like that how, uh, is that in, in that's not in two, is it? I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Let us rob Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, but I was gonna say kind of like how uh, what's that game there that people play? The Power Wash. Power Wash. Power Wash does like all these crossovers, right? Do like the Lara Croft thing, Final Fantasy, like you know, mm -hmm. have have payday. Have payday three do some crossovers, man. I want, yeah, we could rob all kinds of cool shit. That could tell me Plaza is in Warzone. I guess it is. So. Oh, I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah, <clears throat> that's, that's uh, that, that's pretty funny. But uh, but yeah, that looks cool, man. Uh, I used to play Payday two a lot more. Uh, I haven't really played a whole lot, if at all, recently. Uh, yeah, so like I haven't downloaded again. I think I do too, because I was like, maybe we should, you know, because like I've been wanting to try it out, you know, before we move on to the next one. So, yeah, I have I have it installed, so we should uh, should maybe play one of these days. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, Petty Felix, cool man, the stealth. I just it just cracked me up seeing those dudes like crawl around. Like I don't I don't know it's. It's definitely a game that I think we'll have a bunch of friends that'll be playing it, so I'm, I'm definitely down for that. But anyway, sure. um, let's move on, because we got some Baldur's Gate 3 stuff to check out. We do. So let's do it. Let's see. The cool thing about Are these two the same, or are they different? Okay, they're different. They're, they're different. Um, one, one is about 12 minutes, or 13 minutes, rather, and the other one's like 8 minutes. So they are a little, little bit longer, but I think it's okay because we don't have a lot of news in other places. Um, yeah. If we want to check these out. So first yeah, up, we have Baldur's Gate 3 devs break down every class. So DT, you just count us down when you're ready because I am ready on this end. Three, two, one. The ago. cool thing about Huffling is that if you're a Huffling Barbarian and you have <laughs> other friends who are Huffling Barbarians, you can throw each other uh, like this ball of rage. Uh, my name is Sven Winke. I'm the game director on Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, it's I'm Sven. Adam Smith, lead writer, Baldur's Gate 3, Larian Studios. I'm uh, Nick Pechenin. I'm lead systems designer at Larian. More fun than I expected, because uh, if there's anything that I hate more than a fighter, it's, it's the part. <laughs> but they're actually pretty cool. Favorite thing about bards is killing them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're a little bit of. Why does everybody hate on bards, man? So that's hilarious. You we like fuck bards in that sense. And uh, I like uh, we had the system with all these stones that are in there. So I like it. A vicious mockery, I think. Uh, so you get all these stones that are coming out of it. And it's just cool. Second favorite thing about bards is just playing instruments in the street and people joining in and dancing. It's really really cool. Um, Bards have always been the comedy class to me. Like, uh, goblin, at least a lot. I know that people really love bards. Uh, I love them, but I mostly love throwing them off a cliff as a barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> we do like throwing It's a theme. <laughs> it's a pillar. Um, for bards, oh, our can I, team really can I Spartan kick or suplex like, somebody? That's what I want to know. that bards can do, which is to insult somebody. And they recorded dozens of insults that you will hear in the game that if you will try to actually start insulting people in combat. Um, we've recorded multiple musical instruments, multiple songs that we can uh, perform on those mm. musical instruments. That's pretty cool. And the really cool thing that bards can do, and it's kind of unique, is that at really high level, at level 10... I saw that, Loki. I'm going to watch that one. 
that is coming from other spell classes, other, other class lists. So they can uh, take uh, a heal from a cleric or telekinesis from, from the wizard. Uh, that really also creates a lot of, a lot of combinations that you can do. Uh, the Rage Machine. Uh, rage. Uh, that's the character you want to take if you want to throw people. Uh, you want to throw people off cliffs, you want to throw goblins into other Jesus. goblins. You can take a goblin, smack another goblin with it. You can take your halfling companion, throw it on the other side of a wall, uh, maybe trying to break them in. The possibilities are endless. You might think there doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of intelligence to play a barbarian, but there's a lot of things you could do with, with just being really strong and, and throwing stuff around. We have an origin card that's a barbarian we announced recently, that's Kalak. Uh, she's a tiefling barbarian. Uh, she has her own unique kind of rage. So barbarians rage, you know, okay. uh, and it looks awesome. It sounds awesome. Uh, Kalak also bursts into flames when she does this. So uh, she's even cooler. Well, wizard always plays as a wizard, yeah. uh, and this usually means that he has 50 spells and he resorts to fireball every single time. When that doesn't work, he then starts pulling spells out of his pockets and firing them in every single direction. And he's flying and teleporting and zipping around. It's very dangerous to be near Sven as a wizard. <laughs> That's what I know about wizards. It's lethal, yeah, <laughs> frequently. I, I feel like it's more dangerous to have a wizard behind me sometimes than it is not to. You, you, wanna, you wanna keep your wizard in your line of sight yeah, at exactly. all times. <laughs> Not safe. Uh, yeah, Wizard is a one-man marching band uh, kind of character. They have everything, but they're very squishy. And they blow up their friends together with their uh, enemies all the time. So uh, yeah, if you're playing the Wizard, it's really fun. But, uh, <laughs> when I ask them about Wizard, I always say uh, Fireball. Yep. Fireball. <laughs> fireball. as well, actually, is his other favorite. Like, he basically wants to be a Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> Another one we have an origin for is a Lysalza fighter. They have the simplicity when you're leveling up. Like it's it's a really good class to learn leveling up because you don't have to make many choices. Once you get to high level, you get ridiculously strong. Uh, but they, they are simple compared to some of the other martial classes. Fighters are very versatile. Uh, they can wear equip uh, almost anything in the game uh, right from the get go. They're good at with all weapons, with all armors. Uh, so fighter is. is a really good class to start creating really crazy combos in terms of rare equipment that you can find and combine together. Uh, probably my second favorite class. Was my favorite class until uh -huh. very recently. I mean, sorcerers are just, I mean, we have a line somewhere in the game, I think, where Gale says sorcerers are like drunk wizards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has very little respect for them because they're not scholarly. And uh, the, I mean, wild magic sorcerers are my favorite thing in the game. They, uh, they, they are chaos incarnate. Ambivalent about whether it's storm sorcery or uh, wild magic. I think probably wild magic because of the chaos it creates. Sorcerer is a class that, that really breaks the game. So they have this feature called meta magic that allows them to modify some of their spells. Let's say you can throw two fireballs at the same time or uh, make one of your spells uh, be a lot more distant, let's say. So there's a lot of things you could do um, and the most crazy stuff that I see coming from a playtest. It's usually a sorcerer. Paladin's my favorite class to roleplay. Um, I, I like that they have an inbuilt story. They have an oath. Uh, they are sworn to that oath. We did something that I think is incredibly cool with them, which is the Oathbreaker. There's multiple ways. Uh, it depends also on which oath you took. Uh, but if you, um, for instance, uh, you're supposed to help all 
of the, of the week and you start murdering them, then the oath breaker is gonna come and say you broke your oath and then you get a really special moment in the game. Um, we always wanted to include it. We had a lot of conversations about how to include it <laughs> and, uh, and we knew that we'd need narrative support for it. Um, people may have seen it already. Um, I won't spoil it too much, but if you haven't, uh, be a paladin, do something really terrible and see what happens. The cool thing about paladins is that they deal a lot of radiant damage and this is a game where you slay a lot of undead and a lot of undead are very vulnerable to radiant damage. So when uh, the party comes to a town that is filled with undead, all the party members might say like, oh no, this is gonna be a hard fight, but the paladin goes like, yay! <laughs> Warlocks, I, this is the first class I played in BE3 actually. Um, I was uh, playing around with Will, who's one of our origins as well. Um, and it's another one with really interesting narrative support. So with Will, you have the pact, you're the person you have the pact who appears in the game. Um, so this is somebody with gifted powers. Um, it's a really interesting thing to explore narratively. We redid a lot of Will's story to bring the Warlock side of him out more. Um, really pleased with him. Warlock is a good starter class if you want to try Spellcaster, but you don't want to go uh, and have a wizard with like 30 spells available. Uh, for Warlock, the number of spells you have is limited, but each of them hits very, very hard. So it's a little bit like somebody with a shotgun. You have Eldritch two, Blast, two blasts. all the time, <laughs> yeah, when you play in Warlock. They count. I, I need a cleric, because I get hurt a lot. <laughs> there's, there's a reason Shadowheart's my favorite companion. Yep. Uh, Shadowheart is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, too powerful, really. Clerics are really versatile, I mean, right? I mean, uh, but uh, for me, they're the healer. They're the person who stands at the background and goes, why did you do that? <laughs> and then they fix me up and I go, thanks, God. <laughs> Whichever one. Um, clerics are kind of sneakily the better caster uh, than the wizard, actually. What? <laughs> I, I, I might say a heresy here, but they have a lot of spells available. Um, and they can wear um, heavy armor and not be silenced while they do it. So uh, you, you get the protection from having really good equipment, but also you're, you can have tw those 20, 30 spells on, on your hotbar and, and have an answer to so many different situations. I mean, they get cool pets. Pets. Uh, so we and we have this re especially higher level pets because they grow uh, through the game. Yes, the pets get uh, get upgraded. Cool. If you um, uh, summon them at higher levels, uh, they will. Well, get that's just Legolas, bro. Come on now. This is a uh, DT. So we playing a ranger, right? DT. Uh, get this game and play co-op with me. You can play Jedrick for real. I, 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 it looks cool. I mean, honestly, like I never played any of the Baldur's Gate games, but like the stuff that I've seen from this game looks really, really cool, man. But also, I, I say this every time. I still have Divinity 2 that I have, I, I have, and I've never started. Great class. I love white shaping. Can turn into a dino, into a panther, but also into a badger that can burrow to the ground. It's great. To me, I only recently realized we did sports. Uh, like, um, I, I, got, I used Druid when we first put them in the Man, game. Man, some of these uh, characters so are so damn tiny. I, think. <laughs> I spent a lot of time with them then. Uh, my sister, who's a huge D&D player, she will only ever be a Druid. Um, she's a nature person. She loves being able to wild shape. So it's always her class. We play co-op together. Um, so for me, the Druid is, it's, it's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, turning to different beasts, that, that's really the uh, the really 
signature playing for Druids, we made sure that we had a big selection of really interesting beasts to turn into. Uh, and we, we hope you can get, uh, you can do all the ruckus in the city when you turn into a bear and start scaring everybody. Start fucking rogue. Which was <laughs> my first tabletop D&D class because I was a goth. Uh, when I was a teenager, I wanted to sneak around in the shadows and be cool. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, basically, I'm an assassin, I'm super cool, I can pick locks and all the rest of it. Um, the, what I realized was the party I was playing with basically treated me as a key ring. I was the person <laughs> that followed them around, I picked the locks, and then they were like, oh, there might be some traps in there, and they shoved me forward, and they hoped I survived. <laughs> um, that's my rogue experience. <laughs> Every party needs a rogue. Um, they not only bring this stealth gameplay when they can assassinate people and attack from the shadows, they're also really good at a lot of skills, sleight of hand. If you need something uh, stolen, if you need a lock picked, if you need an arm, uh, a trap disarmed, um, you're always gonna go to your rogue. Uh, but also they can learn other skills and be really kind of jack of all traits uh, sort, of, sort of character in this. Uh, it's really uh, interesting to see the new subclass, uh, Assassin, uh, perform in, in combat. Uh, they kind of weave in and out of combat, trying to go into shadows and come back uh, unannounced uh, and, you know, backstab everybody, basically. Well, that's not my favorite. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, when Monk went into the game, I was like, uh, I have no idea, never played a Monk before. Uh, and I started playing with it because I was interested because, you know, it was new and fell in love with it. Um, one of the things that, I mean, I, I, I love, I always do the ninja style Shadow Monk. Uh, so I got to so play some of these in Early Access. The Monk is uh, the one class that wasn't in Early Access, so I, I look forward to getting to play that. So how many were in Early Access? Most of the main classes were there, and they've added, they added them over time, they added Paladin, but some of the subclasses were missing. Um, I don't remember which ones. Like, I mean, all the casters look really cool if you prepare a spell and then leave them. They look really cool. With a monk, just prepare something, prepare one of your monk moves and just leave mindling. It looks <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, you actually use actual styles in Kung Fu, like the tiger style, the, the snake style. Um, it, it looks great, it also sounds great. Yeah, the yeah. other team had a, a very specific style developed for monk. Uh, well, we hope you enjoy that. Uh, but on the mechanics side, we also had to uh, do a few tweaks for Monk because we saw that kind of base class wasn't quite as exciting for some players, um, the, the one that we're adapting from Player's Handbook. Um, so we tweaked it up and, uh, well, I think the results with playtesters are um, explosive <laughs> in the end game. But yeah, there's the whole class breakdown. Lots of classes, man. Yeah, 12 classes plus all the subclasses, like the little sub-spec uh, specializations as well. It's going to make for a lot of variety. That's why they added like a respec mechanic, because with that many classes, you need one. And also, they're going to have multi-classing, so it's, uh, it's a lot. A lot of options, dude, basically. Uh, yeah. That's cool, though. It does look good, man. All right. Next up, we have the devs breaking down every playable race. This is a shorter video. It's like eight minutes. So we can check that out, DT. Just let me know when you're ready. Count us down. All right. Three, two, one, go. Yeah. 
oh yeah, they, they hate mind flayers more than anybody else. Nobody particularly likes mind flayers. Well, some of us do. It's <laughs> just like them a little bit well, too much. <laughs> no judging. <laughs> director on Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, I'm Adam Smith, lead writer of Baldur's Gate 3, Larian Studios. I'm uh, Nick Pechenin, I'm lead systems designer at Larian. I'm on the story side for Elves. Um, we had a lot of discussions about uh, how they fit into the world. They're one of the more common races. Um, their reactivity is often about how long-lived they are. They, they're a very long-lived race, so we don't assume how old your character is but uh, they often reflect on things with a lot more um, far-sightedness. Uh, elves are uh, actually the most picked uh, race in the early access of Baldur's Gate 3, followed really? closely by half-elves and uh, by tieflings. Okay, interesting. For release, we're updating the human a little bit. Uh, we're giving them a few features so that they uh, feel as interesting as other races to play. And for the human, uh, in terms of narrative, the actual opposite to the elf. So humans in Faerun are relatively short-lived. Uh, they live as long as we do, which isn't very long, sadly. Uh, so they experience change and turmoil much more often. Where 100 years after BG2, the humans don't remember it. It's the previous generation for them. For a lot of the other races, it's within their, their personal memory. It's hard to say something about them because they're just very, very popular. Uh, they're a bit of elf and a bit of human. So uh, I feel like players uh, find it really easy to connect to a half-elf. It's a bit of fantasy, but it's also relatable enough that you see yourself being a bit of a half-elf. Probably even more popular than the elf. Uh, so. <laughs> and one of our origins is a half-elf, Shadowheart. Um, the bit I always remember is, uh, I think it's Lysel at some point refers to it as Shadowheart is like, half-elf. <laughs> very upset about it. Tiffling is my favorite uh, race in BG3, actually. I love their pointy, pointy horns. Uh, and I just, overall, I don't know, I just like two things. Uh, very important class, uh, because there's a lot of uh, tiefling-specific characters in the game. They're very central to our story. You meet a lot of them in Act 1. Zevlor! Uh, and partly that's because we are sequentially, after the event's descent to Avernus, so a lot of tieflings are fleeing. They're some of the first refugees because of events that have already happened in the world. Uh, so you meet a lot of them. They're outsiders, outcasts often. Uh, we have an origin character tiefling as well, Karlak. Um, they're great, yeah. Uh, my favorite, most likely, because they're the aliens on this uh, world. The alien monk race of Gifianki. Um, in D&D, there's actually two races, but we're representing Gifianki uh, once. Uh, Lazelle, the origin character, is a Gifianki. Uh, they're martial-like, and some of them have access to astral plane. Uh, this is where they hunt mind flares. Mind flares are kind of the the mortal enemies, I think, of Gifianki, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, they they hate mind flares more than anybody else. Nobody particularly likes mind flares. Well, some of us do. It's <laughs> <laughs> like them a little bit well, too much. <laughs> no judging. <laughs> the cool thing about huffling is that if you're a huffling barbarian. And you have other friends for a halfling barbarian. It's gonna make Josh gonna make a halfling. Each other, no, uh, like this ball of rage, um, <laughs> because you have enough strength. I don't and know so what I kind of want to make a dragonborn. They haven't talked about him yet, but the, when you see him, you'll see why. They're so cool. Yeah, I always think of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, much like him, I think of just fucking like Sam or one of the one of the fucking hobbits, man. We have this image of halflings uh, that comes from... Never and ever what, Majin? You, you gonna make a, you gonna make a halfling or what? Uh, people, they stay at home. Majin, 
fire and Majin and dwarves is like me and halflings. I'm just not about it. <laughs> my favorites. <laughs> I love drow. Um, yeah, I mean the. They're my favorites, and again, it's the uh, it's the the the, the outsiders of drow I find really interesting. Uh, we don't have only evil drow; we represent different kinds of drow. Uh, but my favorite are the lost one. I like playing evil characters. Um, one of my favorite things in the game, which people will have seen early access, we've improved it a little, is uh, the reactivity to drow. You walk around, and sometimes people avoid eye contact with you; they're afraid of you, and it's really cool. Uh, I love the reactivity we have to draw in the game. <laughs> the in emo fact, there's elves. so much reactivity to draws uh, in the game that we decided to split them off into uh, being represented as a separate race in character creation. Uh, a lot of people pointed out that uh, draws should be technically a kind of elf. Uh, they are elves. Uh, but for us, there was just so much gameplay behind being a draw that we really wanted to highlight it. And don't tell the draw that. <laughs> <laughs> A dwarf ego, imagine. <laughs> yeah, imagine. Here you go. Beards and everybody. Um, bushy beards. Yeah, Big old bushy beards. Dwarves yeah. are the, my, so I love randomizing characters because the character creator just throws up really cool things. Pretty much every time it throws up a dwarf at me, I'd be like, this guy, man. He's ready to go. Because they're so broad and they're, they're, they're kind of square. Like, you know, <laughs> um, dwarf barbarians just rock. Yeah, they're also very tough in gameplay. Uh, they're a really good pick if you want to go for like a really tanky uh, build. Heavier than they should be, because when you try to throw them around and you're not that strong, it doesn't work. <laughs> okay. Uh, very throwable. Gnomes are the inventors Gnomes, of, of very throwable. world. Okay. And uh, one of the good things is that if you pick a certain gnomish subrace, you actually start with a little uh, music box that uh, it's implied that your character created, kind of tinkered into. And if you click on that music box, you will hear the theme of Baldur's Gate 3. And there are another one that's very central to our plot. We have a couple of gnome factions, uh, and yeah, I mean, it goes into the inventor nature of them. It also goes into the history of the Sword Coast, so uh, they're, they're, they're very central to our story. Half-orc. Finally, it's a, it's a big uh, community favorite, <laughs> the half-orcs. Uh, half-orcs half -orcs were uh, not in early really, access, I do not well, believe. incentivize us to okay. include these strong body types for all of the races. I think if we wouldn't uh, have half-orcs, we might not have shipped it, but now, Thanks to HalfWorks, everybody can be buff, uh, as buff as you want. Much cooler than I expected them to be. I think the art team did a really good job on that. We had HalfWorks as NPCs a long time before we had them as playable characters in the builds that we're developing on. And uh, you know, you run into them and you see them and you go, when? When can I be a HalfWork? And now we can. Uh, Dragonborn um, have a lineage that goes up to dragons, at least they say so. Um, and you can pick what color of a dragon uh, your ancestors were. Uh, this changes uh, what element you can resist in the game and what kind of dragon breath you have, uh, as well as some higher level uh, stuff as well. There's quite a bit of reactivity to Dragonborn. There are Faroon's a strange place, full of strange people, so nobody's aghast to see one, but, uh, but people do find you unusual. Um, you know, they're not the most common race. Um, the you thing about them cool is you just have fair. to look at them. I they look fucking sick. I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah. Like, they're incredible. Yeah, definitely what I'm gonna play. I mean, like, they're the, 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 the most badass characters that we have. Uh, they are, uh, they're just really, really cool. And a sorcerer, uh, Dragonborn, uh, with dragon blood, has, like, this special sheen of his ancestors inside of him. It's fantastic. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah like I said, every, every other thing that I see for this game, it looks really, 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 really cool, man. Yeah, it looks... 
It looks fucking sick. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys for, for watching that with us. I know it was long, but it's so cool. And then just them talking about how throwable each race is, dude. That's <laughs> crack. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, man. Oscar's Toss me. Yeah. That oh, imagine you hilarious. gotta play Baldur's Gate with us and play a dwarf and then do the toss me line from Lord of the Rings. I know you like Gimli, right? I think, right? Yeah. And my axe. <laughs> my axe. Don't tell the elf. Uh, <laughs> Don't tell the elf. <laughs> dude, uh, man, that's gonna be fun, dude. I can't wait to play. Just like throwing. <laughs> Well, <laughs> what 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 I find so cool about it is like they're like yeah maybe you throw this gnome over and to unlock the gate from the other side you know like you can throw him over yeah. like a like a fence. Uh, oh shit, dude, that's so funny, man. You know that yeah. looks cool, man. It, it honestly makes me want to play Divinity too, because like I said, I, I keep bringing that up every time we mention this game, but I have that and I never played it, and I want to know how similar is that to this, Josh? So you played the early access to Baldur's Gate. And you've mm. played Divinity 2, so how similar are they, or how different are they? Um, so the the, the combat's going to be pretty much the same. Um, what's going to be different is the story in the world in Baldur's Gate, I feel, more fleshed out. And it's going to be even more reactive to your choices that you make, at, even at character creation, to your race, to your class... The customization feels so much deeper in Baldur's Gate because they're taking, you know, the lessons they learned with uh, DOS 2 and and expanding it into Baldur's Gate, right? So what was cool in Divinity, they're going to put in Baldur's Gate and they're going to make it even cooler, right? They're going to expand it even more than what it was. So yeah. it's uh, it, it, it makes me excited because I love DOS 2. DOS 2 is, is great. Um. So getting to getting to yeah, see wanna, like even more of that in in Baldur's Gate three is gonna be fantastic. Like I said, I want to try. It. I've been I've been kind of wondering if I should street like play it off stream or if I play it on stream, and I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't decided. I, yet, I'll tell you this: it is a long game. Yeah, that's that is some something that I don't know exactly how long it is, but I figured. Actually, I'm gonna. I'm curious to how long it is right now. I'm gonna look it up. While we're just while we're on the subject, might as well. Yeah, because again, it's it's one of those games that I've had. Like I got on like a Steam sale. Like I don't know how how long ago now. It's been a long time, but I've just had it sitting there because I'm like, well, I want to play it, but like, do I play it on stream or like? I know this game is more fun, I guess, with with playing with other people. So you know, maybe maybe you could do something like that. Uh, main so, story. Uh, if you just do main story, is sixty hours. It's like fifty nine hours. It's just Ooh, main story. Main story plus extra is 99 hours, and a completionist run is 152 hours. I yeah, want to say I, I was somewhere... I was over 100 when I played it. I know that. But I don't. I didn't do completionist at all. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a lot. But man, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll have to see. Maybe I'll just play it off stream and... Maybe we can get a crew in Discord and play it or whatever. Play it off stream. Do you do some recordings? Make it a YouTube only special, maybe. If you want maybe. to, It'd be kind of cool. I've thought about doing that with a few things. Uh, I'm actually, to be honest with you, I'm a little nervous about streaming Baldur's Gate three because I know that's gonna be long. 
Like they've they've talked about it's gonna be really really long, and I thought about maybe maybe just doing like some offline recordings and just putting them up on YouTube. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I'll probably end up streaming it and then putting it up on YouTube, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could always stream like the opening and like some of the early stuff, and then once you're like, all right, this is this is cool, then you you can do like you know just YouTube stuff after that. Yeah, but if you do play offline, I play with you. Right. I play with you if you do it online, but whatever you want to do for Divinity. Yeah. Hell yeah! I mean, I'm down, dude. Like I said, I'm. I'm I've been uh, wanting to play that for a while, and just seeing stuff like this for Baldur's Gate Three really makes me want to play it even more. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm up for it. But anyway, okay, let's move on because we got other things to get to. We do. So, the first thing here is that uh, Microsoft wins FTC fight to buy Activision Blizzard. So this is something that, you know, obviously we heard about forever ago, and it wasn't done it had been still in the you know uh a thing that they'd been working on and 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 just hadn't been finalized yet but we now know that they have indeed uh one and they put out or, or uh, microsoft put out a statement um that says uh we are grateful to the court in san francisco for this quick and thorough decision and hope other jurisdictions will continue working towards a timely resolution as we've demonstrated consistently throughout this process we are committed to working creatively and collaboratively uh collaboratively to address regulatory concerns uh again a statement from brad smith vice chair and president for microsoft um I know Phil Spencer also tweeted out some stuff as well, saying we're grateful to the court for swiftly deciding in our favor. The evidence showed Activision Blizzard deal is good for the industry and FTC claims about console switching, multi-game subscription services, and cloud don't reflect the realities of the gaming market. Since we first announced this deal, our commitment to bringing more games to more people on more devices has only grown. Uh, we signed multiple agreements to make Activision Blizzard games Xbox first party games and Xbox uh, and Game Pass all available to more players uh, than they are today. We know that players around the world have been watching this case closely, and I'm proud of our efforts to expand player access and choice throughout this journey. So we're here, Josh. What do you thoughts yeah. on, on all this um, stuff now? We've we've talked about it in previous uh, episodes, but uh, about monopolies and yeah. and the good and the benefits and the negatives, which are a lot to the consumer. Um, but this was one of those where I was willing to be like, I'm okay with this, just because I what Microsoft could do for Activision Blizzard and what it could end up, you know, kind of clearing out some of those people that need to be cleaned out of those positions that they're in over there. Some of them. Um, yeah. uh, but even if they do, like, those people are still gonna make a shitload of money. Like, they're gonna make a shitload of money, um, off this deal. Um, uh, my overall thoughts on the case, case is like, the FTC is just stupid. Like, the whole thing, the whole thing that they argued in court was just 
just terrible. They haven't had a win when it comes to uh, fighting uh, these big mergers that keep happening. I don't know if they even really want to. I think what they want to do is prolong it as long as possible so lawyers can make money, is what it seems to be like. Um, uh, the uh, the odds are, is like I, I, I see Microsoft probably making a deal and closing this as soon as possible. Like... I, I, I think it's inevitable that it's going to happen and any delay to that is just so lawyers can make money at this point. Um, uh, so, yeah, they just need to make a deal in, like, the UK or the EU or whatever it all is. I don't know that part of it because I'm not a m member of those. And, no, I, and I wasn't really following this super closely. Um, but I think it's inevitable that it's going to happen. Like, And I think, you know, the next... Uh, New, uh, uh, the, the, the Sony, the other thing that I put in the, let's go the one below that DT of the Sony and my Xbox one, um, which is, uh, you know, I think that's going to show that is that Sony and Xbox made a deal for Call of Duty, you know, um, yeah. as well. So this was like another one that I put in the wrong spot in the news. I should have put it right after this. It's like Phil Spencer tweeted out, we are pleased to announce that Microsoft and PlayStation have signed a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation following the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. We look to, forward to a future where players globally have more choice to play their favorite games. So that right there, the fact that Sony made a deal, like or PlayStation made a deal immediately after kind of this happened, I think kind of signals that there's probably nothing that's going to stop the deal from happening eventually. You know, like I think if, if it gets delayed, it's just so lawyers can make more money. Um, but I think it is inevitable that it is going to end up happening. Um, I would be shocked, I tell you, shocked if it didn't. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, those are those are kind of my thoughts on it. Like, I'm not crazy about monopolies, but there were a lot of factors here that I made it okay for me on this one. Um, yeah, I mean, we all know what happened with Activision Blizzard and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... I think I was looking a minute ago that Activision's stock has just soared sky high since all this has kind of happened now in the last uh, week. So, yeah. Anyway, that, those are my thoughts on it, DT. I know, I know we've talked about them before. Yeah, yeah, no, I just, yeah, the, the quicker I think this, this stuff gets handled, the better. You know, like it's something yeah. we've heard about for a while now. So just, you know, get it done, get it out the way. We can move on to the next stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah uh other xbox news um they're gonna be introducing game xbox game pass core this september uh so xbox live gold is becoming xbox game pass core starting september 14th a new selection uh or new select collection of games with xbox game pass core uh it will give players access to an advanced multiplayer network a selection collection a select collection of over 25 games to play with friends around the world and exclusive member deals all for 9.99 per month or 59.99 per year uh for over 20 years xbox players have been connecting via xbox live to compete cooperate and experience the world's biggest online multiplayer games in 2017 they introduced game pass which provided a curated library of games game pass core brings online together 
uh, brings online play together with Game Pass and a new offering for gamers around the world. With this evolution, they're saying farewell to games of gold. Uh, they wanted to use this opportunity to reimagine how how to include content with the subscription. Uh, we found that the answer to the most compelling catalog was to leverage select titles from our Xbox Game Pass catalog. Uh, our launch selection, our launch collection of more than twenty-five titles from Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda, and our current partners will offer something for everyone to play on their Series XS and Xbox One consoles. Uh, and they also revealed the uh, titles for launch with more to be announced in advance of September 14th. And new titles will be added every two to three times per year. So these are some of the opening uh, launch games. So we have Among Us, Descenders, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5 Guardians, Halo Wars 2, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, Human Fall Flat, Inside, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Psychonauts 2, State of Decay 2, and The Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited. Although they do say the game library may vary over time and by country. Uh, and they also have a little graphic here of like the Game, pla game Pass plans. So there's core, there's console, PC, and ultimate. And they're all fairly inexpensive uh, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, for current Xbox Live Gold members, on September 14th, you'll be able to automatically become Game Pass core members with no change in pricing. You have a, and then have an immediate access to a new library of over 25 high-quality games. Remember deals and discounts, Games of Gold will come to an end on September 1st. Players can continue to access any Xbox One games that previously redeemed through Games of Gold if they remain a Game Pass Core or Game Pass member. Uh, regardless of subscription status, any Xbox 360 titles redeemed via Games with Gold in the past will be kept in the, li in the player's library. So there it is. How do we feel about uh, this, Josh? I, I feel like for me, some of the wording is a little confusing because there's a lot of like the same yeah like, you know like remember how we were talking about playstation plus and there's like essential and this and that and i kind of feel the same way with this you know yeah a little bit but it's very but wordy yeah, what do you yeah why do you how do you feel about this news um you know it's fine it's uh it's for the uh the console folks i i guess um uh just for like uh to get some uh games for for some folks over there like they always have feels very uh ps plus you know how you'd get like now you get a whole gaming library when you sub to this you know and yeah um all uh, all of that um it's interesting to see xbox live become just xbox game pass now um because uh, xbox live has been something that's been in my memory since i was a young Warthog, you know, like a youngster. So, uh, eh, it's cool, I guess. Um, uh, uh, some of the, yeah, some of the titles that they have on here, uh, aren't necessarily like I think, I feel like the newest one on here is, um, Doom Eternal. You know, that feels like the newest one on there to me that I can remember. 
uh, or grounded, but grounded was in the access for a very long time. So, yeah. um, I'm curious to see if they'll do like more newer releases added onto that catalog for folks or, or what. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's cool. You know, it's one of those things that I get confused about as well because they the wording is. It's all very jumbled up. Same thing when we talked about the PlayStation stuff as well in the yeah, past. That's, like that's you're the thing right for about me that. Is I'm just like I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the hell. Like a lot of it is like the same, but like mm-hmm. slightly different. You know, it's like well, fuck. You know, how am I supposed to remember any of that shit if I don't? I feel like if you don't actively like subscribe to some of this stuff, it's hard to keep up with like names and like what each one yeah. does differently than the others. But yeah, I don't know. The, the summary I, at the top of the article is just like Xbox Live Gold is becoming Xbox Game Pass Core and new select collection of games with Xbox Game Pass Core, I guess. So it's just like if you had gold, you'll just get like a game collection. I guess they're adding and throwing that in there. I guess that's the only thing that really changes. Yeah. Which I guess that's good. More value, right? You get some more value for your for your sure, money yeah. if you already have, if you already have it. Um, but yeah, this. I'm the same as you with the with the wording here. All right. It's a little confusing. Well, we can move on to the next thing, which is the last thing that we have here today. And we have a developer update from Nightingale. Uh, All right. Uh, talking about the latest playtest and some exciting news. This dropped only two hours ago, so this is fresh. Brand, brand new. new information. Let's check so it out. So we're going to check this out. Uh, when you're ready, let me know. And we I'm ready. will... Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, play. I'm excited about this because I've been wanting to hear more about this game for a while. Same. Hey, Walkers. Welcome back to another developer update. Today we're focusing on the latest playtest. So how it went, what we learned, and the resulting next steps. So first, let's do a quick recap of the playtest itself. So they had a playtest in June, which I wasn't this invited to. This one far our largest playtest to date. Me neither. As over a period of 10 days, we saw over 8,000 people from 61 different countries explore wow. the realms. Fun fact, the longest playtime by a single realm walker was 137 hours. Damn. So the any fuck? of you out there that are watching this and you played in the alpha, thank you so much again. That's so, crazy. You may be wondering what the main objectives were with this playtest. Well, we had two main ones. The first one was to see how all of our systems could scale up with 10 times the amount of players. And then the second was to continue to get feedback from our players as to the aspects of the game that they continue to enjoy and the parts that need improved upon for the early access launch. Mm-hmm. This was especially important this time as players had significantly more time to play so they could get to later parts of the game. So let's start off with the positive changes and the feedback from players. We continue to hear from returning playtesters that the game is improving with each playtest, and many players continue to enjoy the sense of immersion caused by the aesthetics and the audio design of Nightingale. Oh, that looks crazy. Some new encouraging callouts are that people really enjoy to traverse the realms with climbing picks, which we decided to give them early on in the game so that they could traverse the Fey Wilds in ways that 
isn't very common in survival crafting games. Another comment we got was when you're creating your estate blueprints, uh, our UI now shows how many resources you need to complete it. Various players appreciated not having to do the math, and I feel you, I hate math. <laughs> An exciting and new thing about this playtest was that playtesters can now check out the new in-game starting point, the Nightmare Realm, which I Nightmare love the realm. title of. This new realm has its distinct design, it has additional bits about the lore and the setting, and this is now where you select your realm's starting biome. We also opened up new difficulty options where players can choose their starting loadouts, as well as the difficulty level per realm. So if you wanted to start off with nothing but your skivvies, <laughs> and take on the more challenging creatures for resources with higher stats, you could do that. But if you wanted to take a more leisurely stroll with starting gear through easier realms, that's also a possibility. You don't have to do it in your undies. <laughs> and last but not least, definitely not least, I'm excited for this one because I know how many of you really want this. Third person mode third review. Person mode. Hey. Yeah. Hell yeah. DT score just went up like five points. Right? Listen, I don't <laughs> like. I, I play first-person games, but I almost always prefer. Well, no, I do always prefer third-person games. Or simply prefer it. The option was there for playtesters. No, it's good that it's an option. How it felt. The default. Because like, sometimes you, you want to see how you look. Yeah. I want to see my character, bro. We know that this could be a very important accessibility feature for a lot of you. So we really hope to have it ready by the time we launch in early access. We have a couple of other highly requested features that are still in the experimental phase. So we're super excited to share those with you when they're ready. As previously mentioned, a really important part of this playtest was testing our systems and how they scaled. So we could uncover any issues now rather than an early access launch. Firstly, let's talk about Discord where we were communicating with the majority of our players. So previously, we've been able to rely upon a third-party bot, which would give people verified roles so they could see all the channels that they needed to. Unfortunately, it couldn't handle this volume of players, so we had to last-minute rely on both a homebrew bot as well as manually verifying users for over a thousand people. This won't be an issue at launch as our Discord will be open to all, but we thought it was a hurdle worth mentioning nonetheless, as it was a sense of frustration at the very beginning of the test for our playtesters. And then when we initially opened up the gates, our servers hit an initial issue. Our networking team was all hands on deck, and after a thorough investigation, they discovered a very obscure setting which would limit how many concurrent realms could be spun up at a time. This meant that if you're one of the people that started off earlier, uh, you could get into the realms and play just fine. But if you tried to get in later than that, then you were you couldn't load into the game. This particular issue was identified, investigated, fixed, and pushed live within only a few hours, thanks to the hard work of our team. But it does go to show you how important this playtesting process is, as it's one less issue for us to hit at launch. Another thing that caused a small hiccup was pushing a live patch to players for the first time during a playtest. This was done so our team could practice uh, bringing the servers offline, pushing an update to mm. players, and then reopening the servers after the fact. 
In just a couple of days since the playtest had started, we were able to introduce some quality of life changes for players. So things like decreased how fast the hunger bar went down, we temporarily turned off realm curses that were causing some players to get motion sick, and we were also able to address some bugs which were causing some of the crashes that some of our players were seeing. The good news is, is this patch didn't cause players to lose progress, and our servers were able to start up again just fine. This patch only had one or two days of testing, unlike when a game is usually already launched. The downside of having such a quick turnaround time is that it did ship with a bug, and this would lock players out if they interacted with one of our new experimental systems that we introduced in this playtest. Players were quickly alerted to this issue, and it was hotfixed out the following day. This kind of patch was definitely an extreme case scenario due to playtest time constraints. When the game is live, our patches will have significantly more time with our QA team to come through it, before it's pushed to you, our players. These issues, alongside other feedback, bug, and crash reports, are all vital in our preparedness for early access. We're still working through some of the remaining issues from this playtest. We are really proud of our team who worked through a lot of these challenges during the test, and we're very thankful for our community of playtesters who largely took these things in stride. So thanks again to those of you who stuck with it. So what's next for us at Inflection Games? We still have outstanding work to polish before launch, like ensuring bugs and crashes are resolved as much as possible. We'll also be working on replacing placeholder assets and finishing animations. We're also working to address the constructive criticism that we received in this last playtest, as well as previous playtests. Some key areas here are things like working on balancing the game so that the building and the crafting don't feel like a grind. Improvements to progression pacing so that players don't feel overwhelmed in the very beginning of the game. Refining our UI so that progression paths are a little bit clearer, as well as overall making the game more intuitive. We're also looking into which quality of life features uh, will be put in for early access versus post-launch. This includes things like adding the ability to hold down your mouse button or your controller button to continuously uh, do an activity such as mining or harvesting, adding an offhand slot for like umbrellas or torches, and stuff like auto item pickup, um, just to name a few. So what does this mean for upcoming playtests? Well, we'll be definitely holding another one in the not so distant future. We don't have the exact- Send me an invite, damn it, I wanna play. But definitely keep <laughs> I wanna an eye try out it. our official channels such as Discord and we'll update you guys there. Which, um, you know, I am on their Discord server, but I just haven't gotten uh... We have a lot of future community comms planned, so make sure Probably that you yeah. follow all of our channels in the description so you can stay up to date. As always, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. We can't wait to show off more of the game with you all. Until then, we'll see you next time. Cool. So after uh hearing what they had to say with that how you how you feeling about what their the progress in the in the game josh since um, we last saw it i'm excited like this game is one of those that's been on my radar since it was announced i know it has been on yours as well um what i what i like what makes me excited about it is just how open they are with like here's the feedback we got here's some of the changes we made here's some of the issues we came up with and it's just how open they are open they Open, how open they are talking with the community about it. And that, to me, is always a good sign and always a good thing. Um, so, honestly, makes me excited uh, to, to see these kind of dev updates like this. Makes me want to 
uh, give them even more of my support in some way, shape, or form, right? So, um, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely hope I get a playtest uh, invite in the future. Right, I'm like, <laughs> I, hook, hook, hook your boy up, man. Allow us to contribute to this awesome thing. Uh, yeah. All right, DT. Is that it for the gaming news, bud? It is. All righty. That took a while, but, you know, it's the most news we have, uh today all right viewing news is complete let's move on to the tv news all right what do we have first dt i have swapped this over here let's do it all right so the first thing we have here is we have a poster and the trailer for i've tossed the poster up ahsoka which is going to be streaming on August 23rd on Disney Plus. And I am very, very That very, poster very is sick. Look at this thing, that man. A badass poster. She looks great, of course. Yes, um, sir. Yeah. Just yeah. All right. Now let me get this trailer open for us. Yeah, we're gonna watch the trailer next. So let's all right. check it out. This I reacted to this trailer. It was it's amazing. I also reacted if you to it. You want to hear my initial thoughts on it? Go check it out because fuck yeah, it's great. But yeah, let's do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. War is inevitable. One must destroy. I started hearing whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. What happens when we find Thrawn? Power, such as you've never dreamed. I've spent most of my life fighting a war. That's why I'm trying to convince you to help me prevent another one. You and I both know who could help you with this. She's still just as stubborn as ever. I bet your master found you difficult at times. Anakin never got to finish my training. I walked away from him, just like I walked away from Sabine. You never made things easy for me. Master. As a Jedi, sometimes you have to make the decision no one else can. Looks so I'm good, dude. I'm on you to see this through. Nice haircut. Sometimes we have to do what's right, regardless of our personal feelings. Buckle up! If we don't stop Thrawn, everything will be in vain. You have no power. Anakin spoke highly of you. I'm not here to discuss my past. We have a lot of work to do. Once a rebel, always a rebel. 
two episode premiere August 23rd, bro. I'm so ready. Chills. Yeah, dude. The fall looks great. Everything looks so fucking good, dude. God, I, I cannot wait, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't wait. Bro. Um, it's like everything, dude. Like, just like, oh, man, the actors with the playing the characters, the dude, we got an E-Wing in that. Like, can you believe mm-hmm. like E-Wing is a ship from Legends that they're bringing back. It's so good, man. It's it, the thing that gets me is like, who knew all those years ago, right? When we stuck with, we watched Clone Wars and we watched Rebels and here we are and they're going to be in live action and we get this, we've seen them, we've seen them in live action in this trailer. Like that is mind blowing to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my goodness. I, I'm so excited. I, it's like, oh God, I, I don't know how to explain it, to be honest with you. Like, I'm just, I'm just thrilled. It's going to be great. I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah, I. Ever since we first saw that celebration, I was so ready, dude. Like, it just like everything about it, dude. Like, it. You know, I said this in my reaction too. Like, I. I'm so bummed that fucking Ray Stevenson isn't gonna be around mm-hmm. for us to see. You know, or for or for him to see like our reaction to his character, man. Cause, Man, he looks so bad. He looks so badass. Ivanka looks so badass. Like, man, I, I just, it, it, it looks amazing, dude. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to be honest with you. So, so yeah, uh, just so very hyped for that. I mean, you guys know how how excited I am for it. So, mm-hmm. I don't got much else to say other than I'm so hyped. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to, you know, talk about it every week. And then I can't wait to finally chat about it here on, on, on the show when we finally, uh, you know, uh, get to that. All right. You ready for the next thing? I am. All right. Let's do it. So the next thing we have on here is the 2023 Emmy nomination list. So there's a lot on here. Um, it was what like it was earlier this week, or actually it was last week that this uh this dropped. That uh that this list dropped, I believe it was like last Wednesday. Well, DT, I lost your cam. I don't know what happened. Oh, I something about like I don't know. It's something about a connection. Is there is there working now? Oh, okay. Now? Yeah, it's good. I see you now. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Something something popped up out of nowhere. Anyway, it's cool. We're good. Uh, but anyway, so we got the full list here. Uh, but um, let's let's check it out. So we have a lot of uh, you know, nominated for. So we have we we got a lot of things here. Like I said, so. Mm-hmm. There's best drama, best actor in drama series, best actress, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, best comedy, best act. So there's there's so many things here, right? Um, so we'll quickly go over a few of them. Uh, so best series overall, we have Andor from Disney Plus, Better Call Saul from AMC, The Crown on Netflix, House of the Dragon, HBO Max. 
The Last of Us, HBO Max, Succession from HBO Max, uh, The White Lotus, HBO Max, and then Yellow Jackets from Showtime. Now, for me, uh, I haven't seen all of these shows, so I can't speak on all of them. I've seen most of them, however. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know which ones of these have you seen, but like, if you were to ask me which one I think is the best show on here, um, I'd probably go with Better Call Saul to be honest with you. Better Call Saul was absolutely phenomenal. The last couple seasons of it too, fucking incredible. As much as I love House of the Dragon and I enjoyed The Last of Us and Andor and stuff and. The Crown, I, I haven't seen the newest season, but I've seen the rest of it. Um, and then the ones I can't speak on is Succession, White Lotus, or Yellow Jackets, because I haven't seen any of those three. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Better Call Saul was so damn good. So I would, I'd, I'd put, I think that that's the one for me. But, yeah, a lot of people do like some of these other shows like Succession, White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets that I just haven't seen. So I can't really, again, I just can't really speak on that though. But I'd, I'd go BCS because uh, that, sh that show is fantastic. Um, I got you. For myself. How about yourself, Josh? Which, which of these have you seen? Which have you not seen? So I've seen Andor, I've seen House of Dragon, I've seen The Last of Us. I have not seen Better Call Saul, The Crown, Succession, White Lotus, or Yellow Jackets. Um, uh, and to be honest with you, it, uh, out of the things I have seen, it's probably between House of the Dragon and The Last of Us, um, for best, uh, series, like, I don't know, it'd be, it'd be really hard for me to pick, really, it's really hard for me to pick between all the ones I've seen, but I don't, I don't know if I can pick one, uh, to be honest, like, like, uh, like, Better Call Saul seemed like it was an easy pick for you to pick that. So, like, I don't have one yeah. <laughs> that would be easy for me to pick I out just, of these. Because like, I enjoyed all acting, of it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? The acting in BCS <laughs> and just the, the story and everything. Like, it was so... And the way they wrapped it up to and everything, I'm just like, man, it was it's it was great. It was really, really great. No, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I don't think I can pick. I don't think I could pick one. I wish I'd seen some. Honestly, I wish I'd seen some of the other stuff on that's nominated. I wish I'd seen Succession and White Lotus and Yellow Jackets and Better Call Saul and all those. But yeah, I, I yeah. wish I'd seen. Like, I want to watch Succession, White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets. They're on my list. I just haven't gotten to them yet. So yeah. eventually. All right, best actor we have Jeff Jeff Bridges from The Old Man, Brian Cox from Succession, Kieran Culkin from Succession. Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul, Pedro Pascal from The Last of Us, and Jeremy Strong from Succession. So we have three people from Succession on this. One from The Old Man, one from Better Call Saul, and then one from The Last of Us. So, again, I, I got to go with Bob Odenkirk, but that's just because I haven't seen Succession, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the only I've only seen Pedro so in this one, so he wins by forget, default for me, I guess. I forget you haven't seen the old man. That that's I I I like that one. I I, I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. I feel it. like I like the for me, I feel like the opening was really strong and then like some of the rest of it was kinda like well, I enjoyed this, but like the way it left off too, I was kinda like, huh? But it was still enjoyable. 
All right, so so Pedro wins for Josh on that one. Best actress, we have Sharon Horgan from Bad Sisters. I never haven't seen that. Melanie Linsky from Yellow Jackets. Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid's Tale. Bella Ramsey from The Last of Us. Carrie Russell from The Diplomat. And Sarah Snook from Succession. So again, uh, haven't seen The Diplomat. Haven't seen Succession. Haven't seen Bad Sisters or Yellow Jackets. So for me, the only two I could really say is Elizabeth Moss and Bella Ramsey, and I I gotta go with Elizabeth Moss, man, because that show Handmaid's Tale is like some serious shit, and I, I feel like you. Elizabeth Moss always does good at that. So mm-hmm. I feel like we gotta go Elizabeth Moss on that one, and you know, it's not me trying to discredit any of the other actresses because I the little other one I've seen on here is Bella Ramsey, uh, right. I haven't Hell, seen Bella's the only one I have seen. <laughs> like, 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 I know Melanie Linsky was also in The Last of Us, but, you know, obviously she's in this for Yellow Jackets, but yeah, I just haven't seen their, their, uh, what's the word? Their portrayals, their, their acting in these other, you know, shows. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go Elizabeth Moss. Uh, best supporting actor. We have F. Murray Abraham, who is our boy Khonshu from, uh, you know, uh, Moon Knight. We have Nicholas, or, but but he's in this for The White Lotus. Uh, what, Nicholas Braun from Succession. Michael Imperioli from The White Lotus. Theo James from The White Lotus. Matthew McFadden, M- M- McFadden from Succession. Alan Ruck from Succession. Uh, Will Sharp from The White Lotus. And Alexander Skarsgård from Succession. So basically... This best supporting is either Succession or White Lotus, and I'm gonna tell you guys straight up. You guys already know this. I ain't seen either one of these shows, so I have no opinion on this. Same. But I like F. Murray Abraham. Uh, so we're gonna move on. Best supporting actress: Jennifer Coolidge, The White Lotus; Elizabeth Debicki from The Crown; Megan Fahey from The White Lotus; Sabrina Pacciatore from The White Lotus; Aubrey Plaza from The White Lotus; Rhea Seahorn. Better Call Saul, J. Smith Cameron from Succession, and Simona Tabasco from The White Lotus. Easily for me, Rhea Seahorn, because she is fucking phenomenal in Better Call Saul. She is so goddamn good, and that is the and only one else I've seen here aside from Elizabeth Debicki in The Crown. So, yeah, Rhea Seahorn easily for me. I got uh, no dog in this hunt, because I haven't seen any of those. <laughs> so, yeah. Best comedy series, Abbott Elementary, Barry, the Bear, Jury Duty, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and Wednesday. This, I feel like this is a pretty good category right here. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen the season one of The Bear, all of all of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel except for the newest season, or the, or the last one, and then I've seen all of Ted Lasso. I, man, I don't know, dude. I feel like with as much as I like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and I and I've only seen season one of the bear. I gotta go Ted Lasso because I've seen all three seasons of that, and I know how that ends. So mm-hmm. I gotta go Ted Lasso on this one, even though I like the bear and Mrs. Maisel. So I got you. I uh, I love marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I love our boy Theodore Lasso. Nobody stands a chance against the bear. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I, uh, that's my pick. The bear, absolutely the bear. Like, it is phenomenal. That's all I got to say about that. 
All right. I want. I do want to check out Jury Duty because I haven't seen that, but I hear it's pretty funny. So, oh, Barry too. Also, uh, best act, best actress in the comedy series. We got Christina Applegate, Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Quinta Brunson, The Abbott Elementary, Natasha Leone, Poker Face, and Jenna Ortega, Wednesday. I have only seen one of these, so Rachel mm-hmm. Brosnahan, it is for me. Same. I haven't seen any of the others. Best actor in a comedy series, Bill Hader from Barry, Martin Short, Only Murders in the Building, Jason Siegel, Shrinking, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso, and Jeremy Allen White from The Bear. Um, I'd probably... I think I feel like Jason Sudeikis is really good. I said last one, but I'd probably go Jeremy Allen White as you know from the mm-hmm. bear on this one. I got you. Because those are the only two that I've seen in this, and yeah, I think I'm only seen season one, but Jeremy Allen White is pretty pretty intense as a fucking carmy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm Jeremy Allen White all the way. Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series, we got Anthony Kerrigan from Barry, Phil Dunster from Ted Lasso, Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso, James Marjuston from Jury Duty, uh, Evan Moss Ockrick from Bear, Tyler James Williams, Abbott Elementary, and Harry Winkler from Barry. I've only seen Ted Lasso and The Bear, so I got to go with my boy Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso on this one. As much as Phil Dunster is good, I got to go Brett Goldstein. I got you. Uh, not to spoil anything, I gotta go with Evan. I gotta go with Evan Moss from The Bear. Uh, season two is so good, so I gotta go with him here. All right, we move on to Best Supporting Actress. We got Alex Bornstein from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Iowa Debiri from The Bear, Janelle James Abbott Elementary, Cheryl Lee Ralph from Abbott Elementary, Juno Temple from Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso. And Jessica Williams from Shrinking. I am going Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso. Although Ayo Adebiri is fucking great too, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, so is Alex Bornstein though. Fuck. I mean, there's. I feel like there's a lot of good options on this. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, but I'm going Hannah Hannah Waddingham on this one. I'm going with Ayo for the bear. Best limited or anthology series. We got Beef, Netflix, Dahmer, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, Daisy Jones and the Six, uh, Fleischman is in trouble, and then Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, I don't think Obi-Wan is going to win, but that's what that's what wins in my heart, so I'm going with Obi-Wan. <laughs> um, the only one of these I've seen is Obi-Wan, so it wins for me, too. <laughs> yeah, that's also the only one I've seen as well, but I, yeah, anyway. Best Actress in the Limited Anthology Series, we got Lizzie Kaplan, Fleischman is in Trouble, Jessica Chastain, George and Tammy, Dominique Fishback and Swarm, Katherine Hahn and Tiny Beautiful Things, Riley Keough and Daisy Jones and the Six, and Ali Wong and Beef. So I haven't seen any of these, so I can't speak on it. Same. Best Actor or Limited in, uh, Anthology Series or TV uh, movie, we have Taron Egerton from Blackbird, which I still need to watch. I know it's on my list. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani from Welcome to the Chippendales, Evan Peters from the Dahmer thing, uh, Daniel Radcliffe from Weird, the Al Iankovic story, Michael Shannon from George and Tammy, and then Stephen Yeun from Beef. 
the only one I've seen is Daniel Radcliffe in the Weird Al movie, but <laughs> so I guess I I mean I don't think he's gonna win though, but. It's up to you. It used to be like, I have no pick here because I'm just going to If I had to guess, I'd probably go Taron Egerton or Steven Yun. Because mm-hmm. those, well, probably probably Steven because of how big Beef was for a little bit. I, I haven't seen that show, but everybody was talking about it when it, came, when it first came out. George and Tammy's on my list. I want to check that out. Um, <sighs> but yeah, no pick for me there because I haven't seen it. Best supporting actor in a limited or anthology series or TV movie. We have Murray Bartlett from Welcome to Chippendales, Paul Walter Hauser from Blackbird, Richard Jenkins from Dahmer, Joseph Lee from Beef, Ray Liotta from Blackbird, Young Mazzino from Beef, and Jesse Plemons from Love and Death. I feel like, I feel like Ray Liotta's gonna get this one, especially since he's like, you know, no longer with us anymore. Mm. I feel like they're they're probably gonna give it to him. You know? Yeah, maybe. And I haven't seen any of these, so I gotta I watch Blackbird, dude. Bacon, I guess. Same. I've heard great, great things, and it's like a mini series, so it won't take too long. Best supporting actress in the limited or anthology series or TV movie: We have Anna Lee Ashford, Maria Bello, uh, from Beef, Claire Danes from Fleischman is in Trouble, Juliette Lewis from Welcome to the Chippendales, uh, Camila Moro Moroni from uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. Nisi Nash Betts from Dahmer and Merritt Weaver from uh, or Weaver from uh, Tiny Beautiful Things. I haven't seen any of them, so I can't speak on that. Same. Uh, here you go. Best writing for a comedy series. We have Barry, uh, written by Bill Hader. Uh, the Bear, written by Christopher Storer. Jury Duty, written by Mackie Leeper. Uh, Only Murders in the Building, written by uh, a few people. John Hoffman, Matteo... Orgies, Rob Turbovsky. Uh, the other two written by Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider. Ted Lasso written by Brendan Hunt, Joe Kelly, and Jason Sudeikis. Um, I really like The Bear, but I haven't seen season two, so I got to go Ted Lasso, man. Ted Lasso, I, got you. I really liked. I'm, I'm going to sound like a simp, but I got to go with The Bear. <laughs> I picked them every time they're up, but I can't help it. It's fantastic. I'm like Season two, I can't wait for you to watch it. I can't wait to talk to you about it. Yeah, I I, I want to. I really want to watch it. But yeah. yeah. Best writing for a drama series. We have Andor, written by Bo Willimon. Bad Sisters, written by Sharon Horgan, Dave Finkel, and Brett Baer. Better Call Saul, written by Gordon Smith. Uh, and Peter Gold. And then we have Last of Us, written by Craig Mazin. Succession, written by Jesse Armstrong. And The White Lotus, written by Mike White. I am gonna go with Better Call Saul. Uh, Peter Gold. Uh, yeah, that's that's my choice on this one because Better Call Saul's phenomenal. No, I got you. Yeah, I have to choose between The Last of Us and Andor. Which one do you think was be- was written better, basically? Well, it's also a little weird because The Last of Us was based on a video game and they adapted a lot of that, but the changes they made. For the series, significant, yeah, we're pretty big. So, like, I think I'd give it up to Last of Us, to be honest with you, uh, just for the the good changes that were made. Um, but I do like a lot of the writing in Andor. Yeah, I think I'd go with Last of Us here, just for the the changes that they did make and were pretty big changes, pr- improved the product type changes as well. No, honestly, I like the show more than the game, dude. Like that—that's how much 
I feel like they did they improved on it. Like mm-hmm. I really like the show more than 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 the game. Uh anyway. Yeah. Best writing or limited or anthology series for a TV movie. We have uh Beef from Netflix, written by Lee Young Jin. We have Fire Island from Hulu, written by Joel Kim Booster. Fleischman is in trouble, written by Taffy Broderser Ackner. Uh we have Prey, written by uh Patrick Ason and Dan Trachenberg. And we have Swarm from written by Janine Neighbors, telepl- uh teleplay and story by, and then Donald Glover story by. Weird that Weird Al Yankovic story written by Weird Al and Eric Apple. Uh I'm going with Prey because I love I like that movie, man. I, I, it was one of my favorite movies of last year. So I'm going with Prey yeah. as well. I Prey was, was badass. It came out in a time where I, I really needed it too, weirdly enough. I I, I really I remember when we first heard about Prey and we were like, oh, that's going to be on Hulu. I don't know how that's going to be. And then yeah, it came out and I fucking love it. I think it's great. Me too. I watched it like, I want to say like three times the week it came out. Like I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I remember. Like, <laughs> I remember you well, did. Like I wa- yeah, because I watched it like once. And then, yeah, I don't, I think I watched it once on my own. And then I watched it once, I think with a group. And then we watched it like, I forget. I did I watch it in Comanche or not? I don't know. I think you I did it three times. I feel like I remember you saying you did. But. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like I wanted to do that, and I think I did. But anyway, I watched it like three times that week. Came out. It was fucking awesome. I loved it. Anyway, mm-hmm. best directing for a drama series. We got Andor, uh, by uh, directed by Benjamin Karen, Karan. We got Bad Sisters, uh, written by Deirdre Walsh. Last of Us, directed by Peter Hoare. Succession by Andrew Parque or Parekh. Uh, apologies if I mispronounce some of these names. Succession by Mark Milod. Uh, Succession by Lorraine uh, Scarafaria. And then The White Lotus by Mike White. Um, I guess Last of Us because that's the only one other one I've seen aside from Andor. So yeah, I'd probably go Last of Us on this one. I'd probably also go Last of Us here as well. Yeah. Uh, best directing for a comedy series. We have uh, Bill Hader directing Barry, Christopher Storer directing The Bear, Amy Sherman Palladino directing The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Mary Lou Belly directing The Miss Pat Show, Declan Lowney directing Ted Lasso, and Tim Burton directing Wednesday. So, yet again, uh, it's between The Bear, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Ted Lasso, and I think I got to go with The Bear on this one. Hmm. For Christopher yeah. Storer. Yes, Chef. I agree with you, Chef. I also going with the bear, <laughs> Chef. <laughs> All right, we can move on. The best directing for a limited or anthology series or TV movie. Uh, we got Beef, uh, Lee Jung Jin, uh, Jake Schreier also did Beef, uh, Dahmer, Carlin, Carl Franklin, another Dahmer, Paris Barclay, Fleischman is in Trouble by Valerie Ferris and Jonathan Dayton, and then Dan Trachenberg doing Prey. I'm going Prey. Going Prey with Dan. Yeah. Awesome movie. Love it. Dan Trachenberg did a great job on it. So, of course, I'm going that. Uh, We're going to skip best talk series because I don't really care about that one. Same. Best reality competition. I mean, I don't I don't really watch that either. We'll, we'll move on to best animated program. Bob's Burgers from Fox. Intergalactic Netflix. Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal. Adult Swim. Freaking Morty Adult Swim or The Simpsons Fox. 
I like Primal, but I got to go Intergalactic. I loved Intergalactic, man. That was great. I haven't watched any of these. I have no pick. All right. Moving on. Best structured reality program. We're going to skip that. Uh, be best unstructured reality program. We're going to skip that. Best TV movie. We'll, we'll do this one. Dolly Parton's Mountain Magic Christmas from NBC. <laughs> Fire Island from Hulu. Hocus Pocus 2 Disney Plus. Pray from Hulu and Weird, the the Al Yankovic story from the Roku channel. Obviously, I'm going Pray. Pray. I love yeah. Pray. I've said it a couple times already. Pray was great. Pray. Uh, best game show, we're going to skip. Best scripted variety series, we're going to skip. Uh... Best variety special. Uh, we're gonna skip best variety special pre-recorded. We're gonna skip. Um, best host for reality or competition program. We're gonna skip that as well. Host for a game show. Let's see. We're just gonna skip a bunch of these because these are all like. Ooh, okay, there's well, some, here we go. Some spoilers in the guest actor series. <laughs> uh, we have some best guest actor in a comedy series. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, we have number one. Uh, if you haven't seen the bear, you definitely uh, you might leave. Wanna, <laughs> yeah, Three, come back in a few minutes. Two, one. Did you leave? Because this is gonna be a big spoiler. I, I gave you enough time to leave. Mm -hmm. John Bernthal from the Bear, Luke Kirby from the Mars Mrs. Maisel, Nathan Lane, and the only murders in the building. Pedro Pascal in night, uh, Saturday Night Live, Oliver Platt in The Bear, and Sam Richardson from Ted Lasso. I gotta go, with John Bernthal from uh, Bear. On the yeah, show. I'm going with John, no doubt. Good old Johnny D. Uh, all right, get best guest actor in a drama series. We got Murray Bartlett in The Last of Us, James Cromwell in Succession, Lamar Johnson in The Last of Us, Arian Moyad in Succession. Uh, Nick Offerman in The Last of Us and Kivion Mon uh, Montreal Woodard. I'm going Nick Offerman, man. He was great in that episode. Yeah, I'm going with Nick. Yeah, I'm going with Nick Offerman here. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Lamar and Kivion also did great. Yeah, like they that, they were episodes. all good. Yeah. You know, so it's just a matter of like, you know. But but yeah, Nick, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. But yeah, like I said, it's just a matter of, I guess, choosing which performance you like the most, I suppose. But I feel like for me, Nick Offerman, and he had, they literally like sidetracked the whole episode just to show his, his story in that one episode. So, and I think it was like one of the longest ones of the season. But anyway, yeah, he, fucking great. Uh, best actress in a comedy series we have Becky Ann Baker, Ted Lasso, Quinta Brunson from Saturday Night Live, Taraji P. Henson in Abbott Elementary, Judith Light, uh, Poker Face. Sarah Niles from Ted Lasso and Harriet Walter Ted Lasso. Who are you going with on this one? Um, shit. I have to remember names to faces here. Okay. Okay. I so remember for you. me, um. I might go. I might go Sarah Niles on this one. From uh, from Ted Lasso. 
I feel like she was a pretty uh big character uh as the you know the team and I guess Ted's personal also therapist. So yeah. I'll, I'll 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 give it to her on this one. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you here. I think Sarah Niles. Uh... All right. Best guest actress on the drama series. We have Hakim or Hayam Abbas from Succession, uh Cherry Jones from Succession, Melanie Linsky from The Last of Us, Storm Reed from The Last of Us, Anna Tor from The Last of Us, Harriet Walter Succession. Um I'm gonna go this one's kinda I'm kinda torn between Storm Reed and Anna Tor. I'm having the same thought. I think I'm gonna go with Storm Reed though. Okay, you go Storm. I'll, okay, you go Storm. I'll go Anna, dude. Fuck it. Okay, hell yeah. I'll go Anna Torv, dude, because I liked her as Tess, but man, Storm Reed was really good as fucking Riley, too, man. Yeah. Anyway, I, I feel like... Hard hard pick? Either one of those could win. I haven't seen Succession again, so I can't speak on any of those. Best documentary or nonfiction special? We have Being Mary Tyler Moore from Max, Judy Bloom Forever from Prime Video, uh, My Transparent Life from Prime Video, Pamela, A Love Story from Netflix, and still a Michael J. Fox movie on Apple+. Plus. I actually want to watch that one, the Michael J. Fox one, mm. but I have not yet, so I can't speak on any of these, but that's the I one I do want to watch out of those. Yeah. Uh, best documentary or nonfiction series? We have uh, stuff I haven't seen, so I don't yeah, know if you've seen I haven't any seen of any of them. Nope. Uh, best hosted nonfiction series or special, I think, also is kind of the same. I just haven't seen a lot of this stuff, so you no point in naming it all off. Uh, exceptional merit in documentary filmmaking, same thing. So there we go. We'll we'll leave it at that. We went over a bunch of it. Um, it seems like some of these shows are gonna have some pretty big nights, man. Yeah, uh, I feel like Succession is gonna have a big night. Last of Us is gonna have a big night. Uh. You know, the bear, Ted Lasso, hopefully, you know, so we'll see. That is the Emmy nominations for 2023. And with that, that'll uh, leave us with our movie or TV news being done. So we can move on to the movie news. Movie news time, gang. I've swapped over screens. Excellent. So, what do we have first? The first thing in the movie news that we have is we have a teaser. We have some trailers to watch, but the first one is a teaser for Godzilla minus one. Now, I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't either. I don't know what Godzilla minus one is supposed to mean or, 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 or describe or say, but we're going to watch this. I haven't seen this yet. I've been saving it for this. So, we're going to check it out. Uh,. Three, two, one, and go. So for those of you wondering what the hell this is, this is another uh, movie from Toho. Godzilla. Minus one. Minus one. Only in theaters December 1st. That's coming out this year, man. 
Cool. And that's literally all we know. It looks pretty intense, though, man. Like, there's a lot of destruction and chaos and, mm-hmm. you know, people fucking running around. Jake's already got his tickets. Right? <laughs> so there it is. Gojira minus one. Uh, I spent... Cool. I definitely want to see more because that... I mean, it looks like... That looks like a Godzilla movie. It's all, it's all uh, I really yeah? can say about it, you know? Uh, So, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, yeah. All right. Moving on to the next thing, we have a, tr- a teaser or official trailer for Wonka, which I haven't seen this either. I saved it for today as well. I have already seen it. Okay, I have not. So we're going. This is going to be a first time for me. Uh, are you ready, Josh? I'm ready. All right. Three, two. One, may thy knife chip and shatter. Here we go, play. I've seven years traveling the world perfecting my craft. You see, I'm something of a magician, inventor, and chocolate maker. So quiet up and listen down. Nope, scratch that. Reverse it. Mr. Wonkarak, you say you're a man of great... This is going to be weird, because I'm, I'm going to watch this movie, and all I'm going to think of is him as Paul Atreides, dude. Dark, all right. White, nutty, absolutely insane. Many people have come here to sell chocolate. They've all been crushed by the chocolate cartel. You can't get a shock without selling chocolate. Man, the chocolate cartel. Chocolate without a shock. Yeah, the chocolate is the spice. Yeah. No daydreaming. What are we gonna do, Willie? Dang, no daydreaming. That's fucked up. Huh. A double hop. He had an idea uh-huh. with the I got an idea. With the conveniently placed light bulb over his head. They're gonna get better. The director of Paddington. I gotta watch Paddington, dude. That's the most solemn vow there is. Where do we start? Producers of Harry Potter. Where is this? Is that Mr. Bean? What's happening? Who wants a chocolate that makes you fly? We'll find out, shall we? Who's for a hover job? <laughs> Nothing to see here. Just a small group of people defying the laws of gravity. Ladies and gentlemen of the gallery, gourmet. My name is Willy Wonka. He's good. Too good. Pretty sure I've gained about 150 pounds in the last two weeks. You could change her life, Mr. Wonka. Change all their lives. Run away! There he is. in this world started with a dream. So you hold on to your... Dang, dude, he's turning into Up and Mary Poppins, bro. Who would have thought? I will have you know that I am a perfectly respectable size for an Oompa Loompa. An Oompa what now? Allow me to refresh your memory. Bro. Oh, I don't think I want to... Hugh Grant as a Oompa Loompa? I've started dancing now. Once we've started, we can't stop. <laughs> wow. Okay, that is... That is not what I was expecting from this movie. Uh, But I guess it's got, like, the right kind of tone and, and, and whatnot, right? It's just very, like... Silly and whimsical and, and shit. What do, what do you think, Josh? You, you've already I, seen this. I, I I only just watched. This is my first time. So I'm gonna sound think? super negative when I say this, but this is a movie that is like it's a safe movie because like it's it's gonna have that same old uh, trope of you can't do this. Yes, I can. We know how it's gonna end already. 
Like, and it's just going to be Wonka doing that. Like, I don't think it's... It's like, what are you going to do with it that's going to make it special? Like and different. Yeah. yeah, like different. And I... I I'm I don't I don't see the point of it or the need of it, but they made it and it's got Timothy Chalamet in it. I guess that might be entertaining the fact that Timothy's in it, but um yeah, I I, uh, I and I'll probably see it when it comes out. I'll say that. I am not <laughs> I'm not excited for it or anything. It's not going to be a day one for me or anything yeah. like that. I just Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very eh on it. Like mm. Respectfully to those people that made that movie, I'm sure they worked very hard. Mm. Anyway, that's how I feel on it. Hugh Grant as Oompa Loompa is pretty good, though. I'll yeah, that's that. that's gonna be that's gonna be quite something. At least it's not another fucking remake of an earlier film. Yeah. True. All right. Well, we got one. We got uh, one last trailer here for the day. Josh, you ready? I'm ready. I haven't seen this yet. This one. This one I have seen, so let's check it out in three, two, and one, go. Okay. My boy Solo. Genius. Well, I know. What I say. No, no, Okay, that's pretty dope suit transformation. I'm about that. Brandon as a bad lady. Oh, he's pissed. Listen to me! Uptown, baby. You got the wrong guy! I'm a nobody! But I swear! I was down when they see I'm up now, baby. The world is a place to protect. I have an arsenal at my disposal. Anything, please! Watch and learn, Jaime. Whatever you can imagine. Superhero, cabron. 
the Blue Beetle. That could use that arsenal right about now. God, he never asked. Hell yeah. They've been trying to tell Here it is, Josh. The final trailer. Bust it down, bust it down. Grandma's got a minigun. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> it is, but it's so ridiculous, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> I think it looks fun. Yeah, it I, I, I want it to be um, fantastic. I hope it does well, man. Yeah, yeah. I, hope, I really do hope it does well, man, because I want to see more Hyman. Mm -hmm, exactly. Hyman and, and you know, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't have anything negative to say about it. Uh, I, 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 I want to see it. I'm, I'll probably go see it in the theaters because I, it's Blue Beetle. I, I plan to. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely want to check it out. I gotta, I gotta support my peoples, man. Mm -hmm. Gotta do sure. it. Gotta do it. Uh, but yeah. So that is the last trailer we have for the day. Um, what else do we have? What else do we have? We have some more casting news um, for superhero stuff. Some more Superman legacy news. The last week we had the main two cast members. We had Lois and Clark being cast with Rachel Brosnahan and David Cornsweet. But this week we have some very interesting casting news. We have Isabella Merced. Uh, Edie Gathegi and Nathan Fillion joining the cast. So, uh, Isabella Merced will play Hawkgirl, Edie Gathegi will be Mr. Terrific, and Nathan Fillion will portray the Green Lantern. I believe he's gonna be playing, uh, fuck, what's the 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 bowl cut dude? God, I'm Guy Gardner, Guy Gardner, thank you. I, I like know all the names of these guys, but sometimes like my brain is just like fucking turns into soup and I forget, dude. Yeah. But uh yeah, Guy Gardner. So he's gonna be playing Guy Gardner. Now I hope dude, I hope they give Nathan Fillion the bowl cut, bro. That's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> seeing him with with that shit. No, it uh, will be. But that's what they're gonna be playing. Uh and if you scroll down in the article, Josh, you'll see kind of the the characters there as well, like in the comic art. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, pretty pretty cool. I was just looking up the actors to see if I'd seen them in oh, anything. But from stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I ever have really. Um, to be yeah, honest. I uh, obviously Nathan Finn. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. I think yeah. Isabella. I think Isabella is fucking Dora from the Dora movie. It uh, says she's in Transformers as well. Oh, she was in the one I didn't watch. Oh, was she? <laughs> so then, yeah, she was in the last night, which I didn't watch. Oh, I didn't. Shit. I didn't realize that. I just saw Transformers. Um, yeah. Hello, Paula. Um, she was in Sicario too, which I mean that one. I, is, I never watched well, the second one. It's 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 not as good as the first one. Gotcha. First one's like real good. The second one is kind of like. Eh. Yeah. But uh yeah, so Isabella Merced, she's gonna be hot girl. That, that's that's interesting. That's pretty cool. And then yeah, Mr. Terrific and it, I just it, it's so interesting because like you know, we're we're getting a, a, a Superman movie that like obviously in this universe 
heroes and villains are already going to be existing. So we're not getting any origin stories or anything like that. Um, so it makes me wonder, like, not that I'm worried about how many characters are going to be in this movie, because, I mean, we know James Gunn. He's He does pretty well with ensemble casts, like, yeah. you know, obviously J- with Guardians and stuff. So I'm not worried about the amount of characters that are in this. Um, but it just ma- it makes me more so curious on the story. Like, you have Clark, you have Lois, then you have Hawkgirl, Guy Gardner, and Mr. Terrific. And then the other piece of casting news that we have here is that Anthony Kerrigan is going to be fucking Metamorpho, which, that, like, that's an interesting, like, villain, you know, to have in a in a Superman movie. Or, or not a villain, but, you know, just this character. Yeah. As well, like just 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 mixing in all these, you know, people together is gonna be uh, it's gonna be real interesting, man. Yeah, for sure. Like it, just, for sure. it just makes me wonder the story, like I said, because it's a lot of it's just, it's just a a curious group of, of of characters that 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 he's assembling here for this, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see. I, I'm so far though. I gotta say, all the casting has been pretty, pretty, pretty good. You know, I don't have yeah. like any. You know, any any gripes about that? So they're doing pretty good on on that regard. All right. Next up, uh, we have some Tron casting news, and that will wrap us up for the news for today, my friend. So, uh, the Tron casting news that we have is that uh, Sarah Desjardins from Yellow Jackets. And Cameron Monaghan, our boy Cameron Monaghan, are both going to be joining the third film in the Tron franchise, Tron Ares. Uh, so I'm not sure if there's any details on Sarah's character. Um, or actually uh, Cameron's as well, but... They're gonna be uh, they're gonna be joining the film. Josh, I know how you feel about Jared Leto, and I know that this movie may not have you the most excited. But I mean, come on, dude, our boy Cameron Monaghan is gonna be in it, dude. Come on. Uh, yeah. Can we can we fire Jared Leto? Like, uh, I'll be fine. <laughs> like, can Cameron take hey, the man, lead here? Like, yeah, I was gonna say, let's make him the lead, right? Let's make Cameron the lead. I'm I bet you, that, dude. I bet you a thousand bucks they make him the villain. Uh, Cameron, that'd be yeah. interesting because I mean he's played uh, a villain in was it Gotham or, or am yeah. I thinking of the wrong show? No, you're right. He was he. I know he was a Joker in one of those shows. I don't remember which one. I don't like Jared Leto any way, shape, or form, and but I like Cameron Monaghan a lot, Monaghan a lot, and you know I, I <sighs> conflicted. I guess is the right word to use here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and how I, gotcha, I feel I gotcha. about it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like Tron. I like Cameron. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna focus on the positives. But I get you, Josh. <laughs> no, I got you. But it's, it's two things in its favor, right? Like, Jared yeah. Leto is a piece of shit, but Cameron Monaghan and Tron are cool. So that's two yeah. points in the favor. And, and I'm excited to see more of Cameron's like, non, uh, video game acting. Because I mean, you know, he's great in Survivor and stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. But like. I, you know, it'd be fun to like actually watch him, like you know, do his, you know, thing and like you know, just normal, you know, 
Well, not yeah. normal acting, but you know what I mean. Like, not. No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Not with like a bodysuit and you know, body on suit. his face and little dots on his face and all that. But I will say they do some crazy good performance in Jedi Survivor. No, they do. I'm not. Oof. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just. But it's gonna be crazy really to see him in live action. I'm the same as yeah, you. I haven't, I haven't seen him really, really seen in... him in much of any like stuff. Like like the Gotham thing. I. I never watched Gotham, even though it was like a it's a DC thing. I just was never really super interested in the idea of watching that. So a yeah. lot of the stuff I've seen him in is, is just like voice work or like you know video game stuff. So I'm I'm looking forward to actually checking him out as like a like you said like a more live action you know without any of that other stuff kind of yeah acting. So that'll be good. That'll be good. Yeah. Uh. Right. But yeah, that is our uh, that is our movie news for the week. Obviously, as we know, uh, WGA and uh, SAG are currently striking. Um, so there's not a whole lot of news in that regard with like, you know, new movie stuff or new TV stuff because you know they're on strike. Well, they're, they're quite the opposite. Everything's shutting down. Everything's pausing yeah. productions or. Just stopping completely. People are right, joining so. the, uh, you know, the the striking and, and the uh, the non-promoting of things. So you know, it'll be like that for a while. Who knows how long the strike is gonna go on for? But I mean, hopefully they, you know, get what they what's right, you know. And then, yeah, and then you know, you got people like Bob Iger saying some stupid shit too, like yeah. Ugh, I don't know if you heard any of his comments, man. But I'm just like, I saw some of it even. Like, like, why open your mouth to that, bro? Like, you, this it's coming from a man who literally came out of retirement to make like twenty million dollars or whatever in the past two years or whatever. <laughs> right? It's like, man, shut your ass up, Bob Iger. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. That whole strike situation is, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole other thing. But but we're done with our movie news, so. Uh, and our news for the week in general. So what what say you that we take a quick break and then we come back and talk about our uh, main topic, which is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, last, the last Ronin. I say, let's do that, because my bladder is yelling at me right now. We'll okay, be right back well, after this game. Idea, let's go. <laughs> we'll be right back, guys. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the second half of the Clockwork Cantina podcast. We have uh, gone potty. We have snacks. Um, it's hot. Uh, and, uh, it's hot as hell, dude. Yeah, it's I, hot here, too. I got me a vanilla chocolate and almond ice cream bar. I have those um, cracker good, sticks. Man. Those cracker sticks with cheese. I don't know if you guys ever had these. It's too damn hot today, man. For sure. For sure. Okay. So it hits the spot. Let's get into the second half of the show, shall we? Let's do it. So, so we're, we're going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the last Ronin in the comic series that came out in 2020. Uh, this is your chance to leave if you are planning on reading this, and I recommend you reading this. Um... So let's go ahead and hop into it, DT. Take her away. I was gonna, I was gonna say, Josh. So, how how how'd I do with this pick, man? With the with the comic reading, better than the authority. Or oh, what? 
You knocked it out of the park. Um, <laughs> home run. Absolute grand slam, actually. I've been wanting to read this for a, since it came out, and I'm glad we finally did, because let me tell you, man, I fucking love this shit from the start, dude. It was Same. phenomenal. I was not expecting each issue to be like over 40 pages long, but I didn't mind it because I actually really liked it. Like, yeah. I loved it, dude. I I took notes, DT. Now, they're not necessarily long notes, So, but I took speaking notes. Speaking of notes, I took notes for each issue. But I did. But for some reason, my notes on the third issue were deleted or something. I don't know what oh, happened. Oh, no. I took I took notes for each issue that I was reading, and the the ones from number three are just gone. I don't know what the fuck happened. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. But anyway, hi Lucy. Um, I really like this comic, man. All all five issues, incredible, phenomenal. From the beginning. Like, you get to hear, or not hear, but you get to, like, read the internal, like, dialogue and struggle and just thoughts of our remaining turtle, right? Yeah. It's like these little boxed uh, text things, text boxes, whatever. Yeah. And... <clears throat> I like the way that how they go about like the whole now and then kind of thing. No, I then, yeah. typically am not a big fan of like flashback storytelling, but the way they did it here, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like well done. Like honestly, they even changed the art style um, when they do it, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Makes it really easier to di differentiate what yeah. is past and present. But yeah, I really loved it. Like, right off the bat, we're, like, in this, like, sludgy slime outside of the city, and it's, like, walled off, and, you know, <clears throat> talking about, like, decades of pollution and global warming. The water is all kinds of nasty and, mm -hmm. you know, not, you know, suitable. But, yeah, we just start off right off the bat, you know, uh... The turtle sneaks in, and he's like, it's time to finish this or die trying. You got an old turtle with new tricks. Uh, he creates a distraction to make his way, make his way in with the boom. Because you can take the turtle out of the sewer, but you can't take the sewer out of the turtle, baby. <laughs> and we're inside the city, and it's, like, futuristic. We got, like, robotic ninja cops with katanas. And, you know, I, I, um, they call them, like, synthetic ninjas, a.k.a. sinjas, right? Yeah, all right, that's in my notes. I wrote down synthetic ninja? A sinja? <laughs> it made me laugh. Um first lesson their father taught them, strike hard, fade away, never lose focus. I one of the things I loved about this run was the whole like our you know, our father taught us to talk this way and all these like, you know, mm -hmm. do this, do that, fight this way, fight that way, and, and like, you know, I studied to 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 be where I'm at and I trained and and to be a true warrior, one must know when to crouch, when to leap, when to stand firm, and most importantly, when to fly. I wrote that down. That's in my notes. <laughs> it's so I dude, loved dude, it. I 
I love the dialogue in this fucking run, dude. Like, I wrote oh, so it's much so good. lines of dialogue because it's so fucking fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. We have, like, our our villain character, with uh, Oroku Hiroto, master of the Foot Clan, uh, the Shredder's grandson. I wrote down in my notes, Kylo Ren-looking-ass motherfucker over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but... Yeah, he uh he wants to punish subordination from the lower classes. Uh he wants to c- capture and execute the uh, the turtle while the troops are running a live feed. I love how the turtle calls out Oroku. He calls him a coward all the time. He's like, "I'm coming for you. I'm here, Hiro." Dude, one of them, there's so many cold ass lines in this. He's like, "I'm here, Hiroto. Your destiny's at hand." <laughs> Every time he said shit like that, I got so hyped, dude. And then, like, you know, you have Hiroto talking about his empire with his mom in, like, a tube or a coffin or whatever kind of dealio. Uh, you know, meanwhile, in the sewer, the turtle misses his brothers and his father. I like those, like, little moments of, like, mm-hmm. you know, the other turtles and Splinter and, you know. He, pa- he basically, like, goes to the sewer and he passes out, wakes up to April bringing him food on, like, a hospital kind of bed thing. Mm-hmm. And then we get the reveal at the end of the issue that our last Ronin is your boy Michelangelo. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. Anyway, so go ahead. Some Josh. of the, just a couple quick notes that I had that, uh, that you don't or didn't mention uh, is just two, which is, uh, or just one really, is the Tonfas. Um, because obviously each turtle has in the past had their weapon, right? And I was like, oh, he has Tonfas. And to speak to that at the end, like, I knew Michael Angelo was the last Ronin. Like, I got spoiled on that forever ago. When they first announced the comic series, I knew it was going to be Michael Angelo. I knew it was going to be Mikey. Because it's always... It's always interesting when you see the most freeform kind of jokey characters become serious and what they could truly be if they applied themselves uh, to a point. And of the turtles, that is Michelangelo, right? That's Mikey. What, what happens if Mikey yeah. loses everything? What does he become? Um, so even though I got spoiled on it, I fucking knew when they announced it. Like, I'm like, it's going to be Michelangelo. Like, because that was a yeah. big thing. Like, which turtle, which turtle is be, it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so the whole time I'm like, I'm like, they're obviously leaning away from showing off the, the nunchucks. Uh, so they do the Tomfas, which I find, uh, pretty cool. Uh, Tomfas I like the, cool, the, the yeah. Tomfas, the Tomfas are dope. Um, yeah. uh, but yeah, like, so I knew it was Mikey, but I still like how they do the reveal at the end that it is indeed him and it's April bringing him food and. I feel and, like I also got spoiled a while back. I don't remember like where I heard it from or whatever, but mm-hmm. I, I think I do remember hearing something about that, so I wasn't like super surprised. But you know, yeah, like you said, the reveal is was pretty dope. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a little bit of a trope that to have the happy go lucky silly character become this hardened badass after they lose everything. But I don't care. It's a cool trope. It's it's a, it's a fascinating trope to to dive into. Like like I don't, Mikey. To speak on that, Mikey was always my my turtle growing up, right? Like everybody has their favorites. Like like yeah, mine was Raphael Leonardo. or Leonardo or Donatello. Like everybody always gravitated to one. I always kind of was attached to to Mikey 
because I saw myself as Mikey. I'm a silly joker, like, and and that's kind of how I always kind of saw myself kind of growing up. So I was always kind of attached to that character, which makes the last Ronin mean so much more to me that it's like, this is my turtle that has suffered and grown and changed throughout the, I'm speaking as a series as a whole, not just the first issue. I apologize, but, uh, like it's, 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 it's uh, you know, so I, I'm glad it, it, it also gives Mikey a chance to be seen as more than just a silly jokey character. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. And the art is so good. I, 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 we we went from the weirdest faces <laughs> to like some quality art through fucking 40 50 pages, right? Like the whole way through. I never once yeah. saw it slip. Um so yeah, just just some of the stuff I I I noticed in that first issue. Oh, yeah. And some I, thoughts. I agree. I agree. It was like just the badassery of it all too, like mm-hmm. the fighting Jumping off the fucking building, falling to the ground, like oh fuck! I should have died from that fall, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I won't let them finish me this way. I won't dishonor my family. You know, mm-hmm. and the go- the ghost of his brothers talking to him at times. Yeah, is... that was crazy, man. Yeah, just him having the you know the journal and all the his brothers' weapons and stuff. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool, man. Pretty pretty damn cool. Yeah. So yeah, that I was on board like right off the bat with that first issue, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which that one was called um fight no no, that one was called Wish for Death. Last yeah. one number one, Wish for Death. Which then we move on to the last one number two, first to fall. So we start off in the now. Uh April is like you know, shedding a tear in the bed. And then it cuts to then as we see like Casey and April setting up like a dinner for like a, you know, like a surprise dinner for the turtles. And then like everything goes to shit because uh, Raph like busts through the door and he's like tell him about the ambush. And he tosses off like all the food off the table because Splinter is like big time hurt. And uh, you know, April's like, "Yo, we need a we need a real doctor to save him because uh, he's like really hurt." And then they're like wondering where Leo is, but he kind of but he shows up after losing the Foot Clan. And uh, we see we cut back to now as April is like getting out of her bed and like putting on her arm and leg and stuff. And you're like, damn, she lost a, an arm and a mm-hmm. leg and all kinds of stuff. Dude. Like that's, that's nuts. And she's like asking Casey for help. Right. Even though, you know, we're like, how, 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 how would that have happened? But yeah. And it's a shot of like Casey's mask on some, like his, uh, his like golf bag with his weapons in it. Mm-hmm. Some good art. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really really well done how they do it. Uh, but we got Mikey talking with the other turtles about how April survived, and they're surprised that anyone survived it. Um, the last because the last thing Mikey remembers is an explosion, and then like he gets into it with Raph, man. Like he like they they get into an argument. He's like I he's like I fought every battle you did, and even the ones you started, and mm-hmm. you know, 
he always was like he knew that the tower mission was a was a one way like ticket basically uh for our father for our family and for our honor and then we cut back to then and we have Raph searching for Karai uh who is uh Shredder's daughter uh and she's like smack talking on her soldiers for wallowing in their failure and like nursing their pathetic wounds as she says in her words uh the truce between the foot and Hamato clans has been broken blood has been spilled and there is no turning back now as Raph jumps in and starts fucking tearing up a bunch of foot soldiers dude he like fucks them up in 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 the in my notes i have Raph goes on a killing spree against the foot (laughs) yeah i'm like he goes ham against the foot clan like he just dude i love how like fucking bloody and brutal and like real Uh like the fighting is in this man like it's there's blood everywhere dude and he's like getting hit with arrows and shit. Like it's, it's crazy. He's like, he's like, you ambushed my family, killed my father. Only one way this ends. And he just, the art dude, like when Karai jumps down, there's like a red moon in the back and like, oh, it's, it's so, so good, man. So good. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, Karai then engages him and then they fight and they both take a plunge into the water, man. And yeah, they, they both get stabbed and hurt and, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, you know, we lose Raph there, but Karai, you know, is, Mm -hmm. is, is, uh, taken into, uh, Thesis after that but um back in the now april says mikey shouldn't be up because he's you know he should be resting after his you know injuries and all that uh he's surprised at her with you know by her arm and said she's like yo we got some serious catching up to do uh all <laughs> right <laughs> but 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 not before breakfast we gotta eat some breakfast and mikey is confused how he survived the fall but april says his mutation has progressed over the years He's bigger, stronger, healing he is. amazingly fast. He's big. He's uh, big in the comic. Yeah. Like, he is. He's a, like, he's a, he's a the big, Hulk. beefy turtle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she calls over Casey, but it's not the one we know because it's her daughter named Casey Marie Jones. Yeah. So we get, the, we get that reveal then, which I thought was kind of neat. I thought it was cool. cool. I thought it was great. Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah they kind of... And I love what happens in some later issues with Casey too, uh, like. But Casey, Casey Marie, I think is a great addition. I thought it was a, it's a, it's a, it's a good little surprise uh, because like, like some of the notes I have at the start is like, you know, Casey and April are like engaged and they're talking about telling the turtles like right at the very start of the of the issue, yeah. and then all the uh, shit kind of hits the fan. So, um, it's a, it's a, I think it's a good reveal, and I and I like the addition of it too. Um, agreed. Yeah. Uh, so we got homeboy over here training with the foot soldiers. Uh, you know, your boy Hiroto, he's like training. He's like, uh, kill me, cowards, or I will have you killed. So he's just like, you know, uh, doing villain things, doing bad guy shit. Yeah. And then Captain Fukuda, 
comes in and he's like, I want a full update of what's going on. Um, basically just updates him on the search, but he tells him not to fail or the price will be that of his predecessor, uh, Captain Kuza, whose skull and eyeballs we see, uh, eat, uh, you know, are being eaten by some crows or shit. So, yeah, you know, uh, again, more, more brutalness, which I, you know, enjoyed in this. Um, and then we have Casey, uh, Marie telling Mikey that she's been doing kendo and she's like explaining to not only him, but to us, the, the, the new districts, right? There's like the top, the middle and the bottom. Yeah. Uh, and he's rock like bottom. thanking her. Yeah. Rock bottom. And he thanks uh, her for not telling his mom what he was going to do. Cause you know, when, when she encountered him, we saw what he was going to do. So he's like, you know, thank you for not telling your mom. And she's like, yo, I understand the honor of it all and everything. But um, she asks him, like, where he's been all this time. And he says he just walked, you know, into the mountains. He he didn't stand a chance, so he found a place to meet his end. But he started hearing voices after a while of just laying there and saying his destiny wasn't complete and he couldn't leave yet. Uh, he spent years alone until the real world found him again. And he just went ham on these dudes because yeah. he's like, these guys, they, have, they have no honor, dude. So I'm just going to take care of them real quick. But since uh, then, yeah, he's, he, go ahead. He's like, he's like learned and mastered all forms of martial arts, right? Like that's, yeah, that's kind of what he's been eventually does. I think as he kind of wanders the world for a bit. Yeah. Cause he's he very follows, like Kung Fu, uh, right? Like very Kung Fu. Hmm. I wander the world and master things. Because he, uh, Splinter's book was the path to learn and master all forms of martial arts, he says. Uh, yeah. To adapt to every challenge and every form of combat. And with his training finished, there would be no peace until he fulfilled his destiny and went back home. And we see that in the, in the art, which, like you said, like you mentioned earlier, just the different art style for the flashbacks I thought was really cool. Uh, more, kind of more reminiscent to maybe the old school turtle mm -hmm. art. Um, and yeah, I just you know it was cool seeing like he wrote no peace in in the in the book at the end there, which comes up later. Yes, in uh, a big way that gave me chills yeah. when I saw it. <laughs> and then she's like, "Yo, my my," he's like, "We still got work to do," but she's like, "Good, because my crew's gonna help you." And he's like, "No, I don't want to be responsible for getting anybody else killed." He's like, "No, too damn bad because I wasn't asking," you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like we're gonna do this with or without you. If you want to take Hirota out, then you gotta stand in line. And he's like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm trying to decide if you're more like your mom or your dad, you know." <laughs> um. And then we kind of see April unlocking of of vaults, and she pulls out a fugitoid head, and that's where that ends. Yeah, we get the to be continued. Oh, the next issue tease though, like the the art, the fucking Leo's sword and Casey's With mask. Casey's mask. Yeah. I wrote that. I wrote that in my notes. I was like, oh, that's so. That tease would kill me having to wait for the next issue. Well, here's you know? the thing. I'm glad we read it now because 
when this when these originally came out, I think it was like months in between waiting for the next. Yeah, one. it was like, um, yeah, mm. nuts, dude. Um, but anyway, one of the things I just want to say, I could probably say this at the end, but I think I'll say it now. As I wish I had the physical hardback, beautiful book, mm. you know, physically uh, for my shelf and for me because I would adore to have it. I. Yeah. yeah, like, because it's just gorgeous. No, nah, I feel you on that. You know, funny you mentioned that because after I finished reading this, I went on Amazon and I, I put the hardcover on my wish list because I'm like, it's I need on to get mine. This. It's on mine too. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, on man, sale right this. now. <laughs> this is badass, dude. Uh, <laughs> like, it's so cool, bro. I also so want on. the uh, action figure. Did you see the action figure? I, I, it looks I, I so cool. <laughs> It looks bad fucking ass, bro. You're damn right I saw the action figure. It's cool as hell, man. I'm like, this is great. This is amazing. It's from uh, NECA, dude. They usually do a good job with uh, their stuff. Little 7-inch uh, uh, figure with the little box and the all the accessories, like all the weapons, too, man. Like the nunchucks, the yeah. katana, the sai. Tonfa, you got all the little stars and everything. It's so got sick. Two heads, it's badass. It's so sick. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we little little Sorry. little of a look. We're nerding out over here. Okay, we love this yeah. shit. <laughs> we, I, yeah, I can tell you guys right now, I love this this run. This <laughs> yeah. <amazing. laughs> so yeah, I definitely got to get that hardcover and that figure at some point. They're fantastic. But anyway. So we open up the uh, the next issue here, and there it is, dude. The mask and the, the katana right there. It's such a... What an image, huh? Yeah. Like, show that off to the people, man, because that's badass, dude. Let me see if I can find it. For you guys. Basically... We start off with Hiroto swearing his fealty to the to the Foot Clan on his 16th birthday. He's the sole heir. Uh, it's been 10 years since Karai was critically injured in the battle and has remained comatose. And his first command is to send an invitation of parlay to the Hamato Clan leadership, including those in Japan and Splinter in New York. Um... And or Splinter, yeah, Splinter in New York, and then we move on to the, the now, as he wants to broadcast like a message to the entire city all at once. He's like no exceptions, and he basically sends like some Emperor Emperor Palpatine ass fucking hologram message. He's like, people of my city, for nearly two decades, I've kept you safe, protected, allowed you to prosper at will, my will. I alone decide your fate. So now, so hear me now. Heed what I have to say. And he's just like this, you know. This mo there's a monster out there. Like he's, he's an assassin that you know, terrorist who wants to tear down all that I've built, and he wants to kill me. And he's like this, this treasonous affront is unacceptable and unfathomable, unforgivable. Any crime against me is punishable by death. And he's like, no stone will be left unturned until this beast is captured, and I will personally execute final justice. And basically, he enables martial law in the city. Yeah. And shit goes 
crazy. Because the fucking singes start going nuts on these people. And he's like, if you harbor this insurgent, your fate will not, will, uh, will not, you will not suffer the same fate as it, but your, yours will be far worse. And the communications are all jammed and the resistance is like, yo, we gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get the Casey Marie. Cause she's out, you know, she's, she's gotta know about what's going on. And then we have uh, Mikey talking to his brothers again, you know, and they're discussing Casey Marie. And she's like, she's just a child or they're like, she's just a child. But, and I like how Mikey's like sound familiar. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what the hell do you think we were doing? Uh, but then Donnie's like, yo, apples or oranges, dude. We trained on our entire lives. And Raph is like, she's she and she just a mutant, bro. She's a kid. Casey and April's kid. But then Mikey's like, yo, we were kids too. You know, we were Splinter's kids. Just like Karai was Shredder's and Hiroto was hers. And here we are. All of us back to square one. Uh, and then we have Casey Marie arrive in her Dr. Afra cosplay. Um, <laughs> That's immediately what I thought. <laughs> I was like, she looks like Dr. Afra. <laughs> That's literally what I thought. I was like, no, she's wearing the cap and she looks like her and everything. Yep. Yep. But Straight yeah, up does. <laughs> yeah, so she <laughs> arrives in her Dr. Afra cosplay and uh, she's talking to Mikey and, uh, you know, she's wanting to do her thing to check, check with him with her crew. She's like, I'm not asking for permission. I'm just, I'm going to go. Um, Mikey's wondering where April is. She's like, Casey's like, she's in her lab. And, you know, they go along their ways. Uh, Mikey comes into April's lab. She sees that she has, or he sees that she has the Fugitoy head. And um, <clears throat> they're working on it. She's working on it. And April's like, well, you know, I was trying to ease you back in everything, but things are about to get crazy right now. And he's like, yo, about to get crazy? Like, what do you, what do you mean? But uh, he's like, you know what? It's finally time for us to do all that catching up that you were talking about. And she agrees. And then we kind of get the flashback of like uh, Mikey and Donnie and Leo along with uh, the professor and uh, Splinter. And, and, you know, their side of, of things. Um. You know they're they're trying to see what's gonna be going on with this truce with these peace talks. They're all a little cautious, but like hopeful that you know this is gonna be legit. Um, Flinner's like, yo, it's time that this you know feud gets put to an end. Um, and he and he was always and you know honor's a big big part of this, right? Because he's like, mm -hmm. um. His predecessors honored many ancient traditions, regardless of our clan's longstanding enmity. Um, and so he's like, "Yo, if he's asking, if he's respectfully asking, then I'm willing to try to reach a peaceful understanding. We can only hope that his intentions are pure, my sons. But we will not let our guard down either. Be strong. We will see you all again soon." And they leave. They head off. And then we got punk ass Baxter Stockman readying the strike team. Because he tracked Honeycut, and he knows where they're moving because Honeycut's with them. So, uh, they 
pretty much set an ambush in the trap and they, you know, they get hit and the f basically the fight ensues and starts and there's like blood and shit being destroyed and you got ninjas falling from the ceiling and they just get, you know, they get ambushed. So mm -hmm. they, got, they got Casey with them as well. Also, I forgot to mention that, but um, Casey and Leo are like getting ready to fight off a bunch of dudes and you got Mikey and some of the other people. Uh, well, Mikey has to escort April and, and uh, Honeycutt out of there while Casey and uh, Leo are trying to hold everybody back. And, you know, things are kind of not going well for the ambush team. So then Baxter Stockman sends out a bunch of Mausers because he wants the Fugitoid. And they see a lot of Mausers, like a lot, a lot. The art shows like so many, like it's mm -hmm. insane now. And we have just Leo and Casey just standing there like, shit, you know, we got to. You guys go ahead, Mikey. Get them out of here. We'll hold them. We'll do what we can to hold them off. <laughs> I like how Casey's like, you're turning by pizza when we're through. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, Leo picks off his toppings, and he's like, what is it? Casey's like, what is wrong with you? That shit had me dying. Uh, Honeycutt's like, dude, I'm going to self-destruct before I let you hurt my friends or imprison me again. And Baxter's like, well, if I can't have you, nobody will. And he just self, just blows up and self-destructs all the damn Mausers. And mm -hmm. stuff goes into flames. You see Casey's mask and Leo's sword. And, you know, we come back to the now as Casey Marie is looking for uh, the resistance, her, her crew. And they fill her in on what's going on. And... They're like, yo, we got to use the old telecom lines to, you know, contact our, our the rest of our peoples. Uh, but let's get secure and meet up in the lair in about an hour. And she's like, whatever you do, stay underground and watch your backs. So they do that. She heads down under underground. And I like how immediately she's like, well, I'm going to have to break my own rules because she pops right back up. And then not only that, but he immediately finds a Sinja and, you know, fights it. And tries to head back. So in the meantime, we have, like, April, like, drawing some blood from Mikey. And she's like, I want to see what, what, what your advanced mutation is doing to your body. Uh, and he wonders if Honeycut is still actually in there. April's like, I don't know, but we, you know, we can try. Uh, and then Mikey wonders like how she ended up where she is after the explosion. And April's like, well, after the smoke cleared, a rescue team pulled me out of the rubble and took me to the hospital. And then we get the flashback art again where we see her. Like she's like, well. I woke up about a week later only to, found, only to find out that I lost my husband, my friends, my home, my arm, my leg, and oh yeah, surprise, I was pregnant. So she stayed in the hospital for a very long time, 
Lots of physical and mental therapy. And she's like, honestly, I don't know which part was harder. All in the meantime, Hiroto and the Foot Clan were taking control of New York. And, you know, she was discharged and they, she took the baby with her and they moved back down to the lair. And he's, and then Mike is like, well, how'd you get the fugitoid head? She said that some of Leo and Casey's strike team that weren't killed in the battle that well, recovered it. And he's like, well, where are those guys now? And she's like, well, they died fighting Hiroto's forces when he took over. Uh, but there are a few commanding underground resistance units in other parts of the city. Uh, and then April mentions that training that he did in Asia and Europe that Casey Marie mentioned. Uh, but he's like, she's like, you didn't say how you got back over here. And then he explains like, oh, it was a fog mostly. Like, I was trying to get to you and the fugitive to safety, but the explosion locked him, you know, all the way unconscious, and he was out for a while, and he didn't think anybody survived, so he was just not thinking clearly about anything, and he was kind of in a haze, and went down to the sewers of the lair, and tried calling Donnie to warn him, but he got nothing, and. He was so desperate that all he could do was to save him. So he grabbed weapons and other things from the lair and stowed away on a plane to Japan. Um, and then April, you know, was like, yo, I worked with counselors about Survivor's Guilt. And he's like, you can't really blame yourself and you know, all that. And then April's like, well, I know how to beat, I know how to beat Hiroto. And then Casey Marie and her crew pop back in and she's like, well, hope so. Hope, you know, you, we need, to, we need to know what that is. Because we got to do it. And then we have fucking Hiroto over here on a building like a maniac. <laughs> right. Like, just talking to himself like a weirdo, dude. Like, just completely talking. He's, it, he's I nuts. Found this so he's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I found it so ironic that he's talking about spoiled, entitled children when that's literally what he is, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, he's ta- he's, he says this about, like, the, the city and the people down there. Because look at those little tiny insects begging to be crushed. I'm the only one who could crush them without a second thought, and yet they act like children, spoiled, entitled children. And he's just, like, going off about just nonsense, dude. Like, talking about he's their master, and he's, like, then he starts crying about his mom. Like, you left me all alone. Left me in charge of an empire, and before that, as a small boy, your only son. Why? Why? And then he just goes off, ha, because you do what I could do. I was capable of, mother. <laughs> and you, Oraku Saki, grandfather, Shredder, you seem, he's, he's so, he's so a Kylo Ren, dude. Like, not even just looks-wise, appearance-wise, which is what I thought at the beginning. Just the attitude and everything, too. He's such a fucking Kylo Ren, dude. <laughs> your heir, you're better. Flesh of your flesh, blood of your blood. And he, he starts just laughing like a maniac throughout all this as he just, like, falls down and, like, he's just, what a weird guy, man. Mm-hmm. Basically, anyway, <clears throat> down in the lair, the Resistance crew, uh, along with Casey Marie, April, and uh, Mikey are kind of formulating the plan. April kind of tells them of the, you know, she runs schematics on Honeycut for, like, you know, years. And she's like, I've been prepping a long time for this. 
we have she's like they have a bunch of uh, like older tech things like she has like a bunch of vehicles in there uh she's got like this heavily armored like apc kind of kind of vehicle and then that's kind of where it ends you kind of get like the the plan you know, the setup of the plan before the the actual uh plan goes into effect yeah um <clears throat> I didn't have a lot of notes for this issue, mostly because I was just drawn in to it at this point. Like I was in, I was in like, so I, I wasn't paying attention. I made like four notes and we went over all, every one of them that you had. Dude, um, I took notes and they fucking deleted. So I had to just like, no, nah, I got go you. Through it again. But anyway, so like I made myself stop here cause I didn't, I wanted to prolong my enjoyment of this. I didn't want to read it all mm. in one go. Uh, and it was at this point that I, I didn't type it because we have a DM that we talk about comics in and what we're going to read and stuff. Because we yeah. always try to save our thoughts for the show. Uh, I was like, two things. One, I wish I had like a soundtrack playing in the background. Like, I wish there was a comic made for this comic soundtrack going on in the background as I read it. And yeah. two, I wanted it. I wanted it as a movie. Like, I was just thinking, I want this is like an animated movie. Uh, that I could watch and enjoy. Like I feel like it'd be very easy to do. At that, that's what was going through my head when I finished issue three. Um, like gotcha. so, even by issue three, I was like, "This is fantastic. This is I, yeah, I no, want more of it." Yeah, it's great. Uh, the good thing is we're getting a, we're getting this into a video game. Remember a while yeah. back, like I don't know how long ago it was announced that they're making it into a game. I will be playing yeah. that without Absolutely. a doubt, bro. That shit is gonna be so hype. And as I was reading this, I could be I I could totally see the video game elements in the in the comic mm -hmm. book, dude. Like like you having all the different weapons and like the enemy types and like the stealth thing and just all of it. I could play, you know, the flashbacks. I was like, oh, this is this is totally gonna be a badass video game. Mm -hmm. And I made a Facebook post, dude, and uh, you know, because I just after I finished reading it, I was like, dude, I gotta I gotta mention this, you know, before the podcast. I'm like, this is great. Um but yeah, it's it's fucking great uh really really good um yeah so we can uh move on to the next issue then let's hit it which is issue number four issue number four so this one uh which is uh named blood and snow we start off in the now Mikey and Casey Marie are pinned down during a during the uh you know the storming of uh of uh Baxter Tower, the Stockman Tower. And they're trying to contact April. Uh Casey Marie wants to take down the towers, but Mikey wants suppressing fire to find another way in. Uh Stockman gets the intruder alert and sends a big old fucking robot. Uh which, you know, he takes down. Casey Marie comes in to help with the smaller ones. And he's like, terrible discipline, excellent initiative. Uh, don't do that again. And we get to see kind of... So this issue kind of jumps around a, a bit, a, a lot more with the then and now. Yeah. Like we start off in the now, then we go back to then, and then like there's, there's a lot of that. But we see Mikey's training of Casey Marie. They have like a big old... They have a big talk and conversation, which there's a lot of good dialogue. Yeah, uh, in, the, uh, in the opening... Uh, battle. She calls him Sensei. I wrote that down in my notes immediately. Yeah. I was like, some shit's happened. Like, <laughs> like, yes, dude, I remember reading. I love the I art of it. Something? 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I love like, the art of like, it. Did I, did I miss like when that happened? And it's like, no, they explain it, obviously. But, you know, the art is fantastic, dude. It's so good. And Casey moves on from Dr. Afro to Robin. A little bit. Purple Robin. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's immediately like, what I thought when the domino like Huntress, Huntress Robin-esque looking. Yeah. I like it, though. It looks cool. No, she but, looks uh, dope. She looks dope as fuck. But, yeah. So, we and we hear, like, or April over here is, like, him becoming Casey's sensei as, you know, they have to, they have that conversation. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, there's just the whole fight stuff was the battle stuff was cool, and uh, but then we have Mikey continuing the story of uh, you know, of Japan to April. Uh, he was headed to the to the to Clan Hamato after getting out of the airport. He saw lights and headed towards them and found people, uh, and he told them who he was. They pointed towards the village. He found Master Shinichiro. And he told him what he told Mikey what occurred during the trap that was supposed to be the parlay. Uh, I wrote my notes that Splinter triple decapitation was gangster as fuck. I wrote, really I wrote, <laughs> here's how bad my I was reading this and taking notes at the same time. Here's how bad I wrote that line in the past. <laughs> Splinter is take heads, <laughs> you will call me Master Splinter. <laughs> <laughs> I was so into it. I wasn't paying attention to at all where my fingers were on the on the on the That's like your base art belonged to us. <laughs> yes, I know. Typing. It was so funny to me. I left my typos in my notes. Like, <laughs> nah, guys, great, normally man. I'm pretty good at typing. I make mistakes here and there, but it's never that bad. That one's pretty awful. Okay, guys, <laughs> he was he was just into it and trying to type at the same time. Right? I was, I was, I was trying to take notes, but I was trying to get back to the story. Uh, no, that shit was great, dude. Like seeing those those. Those flashbacks, which didn't have the style of the other, you know, the art style of the other ones, but it was just cool seeing it go down, man. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, when it's they realize it's a trap, and the setting is like, they're like, this is like, who does this? Who who takes us to like a a resting place, you know, for like a, a deal mm-hmm. like this? And obviously, like, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't work out for that reason, but it, man, it makes a cool backdrop for this fight, man. And uh, yeah, they just, you know. Hiroto shows up, and dude, yeah, that that swipe that Splinter does with the three for one special, dude. Mm-hmm. And they just fight. There's a lot of dude, a dude, lot of the, Splinter the, says some of the most gangster shit. Badass lines, dude. Like this, this Splinter, Aruku, Aruku Hiroto. While you still yeah. breathe, you will call me Master Splinter. <laughs> like that shit is so dope. Oh, it's so yeah. good. He's like, even at their worst, Hiroto's predecessors always acted with honor. Let us teach this upstart what that means. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Also, but, I mean, fucking Donnie wipes that guy's eye out with this fucking stab, too, dude. Like, oh, my God. He's like stabbing it in there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's it's brutal, but I love it. Dude. Oh, it's, it's so sick. Badass. It's so good. And just like Splinter taking heads and man, yeah. it's so good. But I mean, eventually, what happens is they they were outnumbered, you know. Yeah. As most badass warriors who fall do. Okay. Uh. And one of the one of the most one of the great lines in this as well is when uh uh what's his name uh, Shiri Chiro. Uh, says to um, 
uh, Mikey. He's like, uh, there are people, creatures, teachers, warriors, heroes, and legends. Your father, Splinter, was all of these. Right. And, yeah, he's just telling them the rest of the story. He's like, we couldn't save him or, or your brother. And you They know, get the old Leonidas with the arrows. No. Yeah. Mikey leaves towards the mountains and keeps walking after declining the invitation to stay with them. Uh, and he tells April that's when he decided to train and complete the mission, which is to destroy the Oroku. And he says that if he knew she was still alive, things might have been different, but the, story, but the mission would, have, would stay the same. Uh, April says she never thought Casey Marie would, would connect with anyone the way she has with him. Uh, Mikey then brings up Casey's extra abilities and wonders why April kept them secret, but she says she hasn't. She ran thousands of tests to find the origin and deduced that they were passed down from her and Casey, who had a nearly a lifetime exposure to it from hanging around with the turtles. Um, and she says that Casey Marie basically lives a normal life aside from, or she's basically normal aside from strength, speed, and her healing ability. And that Casey knows she's different, but not aware of everything yet. Um, and then we kind of head back to the, the current ongoing battle. Uh, as we see Mikey hitting up the guns and they, you know, give him some suppressing fire. Casey wants to join him, but he's, but he says she needs to stay behind and protect her and guide her crew while trying to keep continuing to contact her mother. Baxter is like not really taking this threat too seriously at this point or, or you know, up until this point, And he's like, you know, just sitting a little too comfortable. And then he realizes that it's probably more than just thugs looking for scraps. Yeah. So he wonders if it's maybe Hiroto looking, trying for a power play and just commands all the Mausers to be sent out. Um, but April gets, we see April charging with the, with the truck. And then she tells them that, Clock's ticking since she's hacked in long enough to spot where the mainframe is. And she probably realizes that Hiroto's going to be aware of what's going on by now. So April grabs Honeycut, powers him up, punches Baxter. He tosses her out <laughs> yeah, of the way. I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> April throws a mean left. <laughs> yeah. And grabs Honeycut, but he obliterates Baxter and everything starts shutting down, including the foot cops. Hiroto's pissed because he's like... Get me fucking Stockman right now, you know? Uh, Casey Marie's like, you know, we won. April's like, well, we won the battle, not the war. And then Mikey, with the last line, is like, not a pri- it's not a price I'm willing to pay anymore. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, another great issue. It's a fantastic issue. Uh, um, I like when Honeycutt just fries everything, and he's like, for my family, for my friends, for everything. You know, I wrote yeah. I wrote all that down in my notes. Like it's like fuck you, Baxter, you yeah. bastard. I, another thing I like in this issue is like they they they're following the plan. We flash back to the plan. They follow the plan, and the plan just goes awry because something is going wrong. And Mikey improvises in the moment uh, multiple times uh, during the assault on the uh, Stockman's Island. Also, April getting that punch in felt so good. I was like, right? yes, fuck it. That was nice. I was like, hell yeah, April, let's go, dude. <laughs> yeah, because fuck Baxter, dude. It's all his fault this shit happened in the first place. Mm-hmm. 
but uh yeah that's the that's the fourth issue which takes us to the fifth and final one my friend um which is issue number five just simply called the last ronin uh we start off in the now the other the other turtles are kind of like pressing mikey about continuing to press the attack on the hiroto raf gives mikey more shit but he knows what he needs to do finish this end this insanity and he's just like sick of hearing them and and basically like banishes them all and telling them to leave and never come back which i was like damn but i get it you know um meanwhile the resistance sees looters in the city as they attempt to establish a rough network connection with the community leaders uh to get them to take control of their sectors again um they also got word that the power outage is causing flooding in the sewers and casey marie is worried about the layer so she tries to head back that way hiroto is pissed that they can't reach baxter so he commands his minions to put all soldiers on full tactical alert have to guard that level and have to crush the rebels he also wants his armor so he can go and hunt so he can go to hunt and kill the mutant as he says uh casey marie makes it back to the lair looking for her mom and spots splinter's journal uh, as well and she finds out it's then when she finds out she's a mutant like like them april explains that mikey is out there fighting to fulfill his family's destiny and that he needs to finish it in his own way casey marie is basically like fuck that and she's like they're a part of us our blood like family my family i'm in this fight to the end and i'm like yes yes casey marie that's what i'm talking about uh mikey makes his way into the tower and knows oh there's only foot soldiers left because you know the the power is out so mm-hmm. the singes are not a problem anymore so he's like well let's see how well trained these guys are <laughs> and he and he tries to create explosive diversions but they shake the whole building and he's like well fuck he knows i'm here now uh, so he's like it's fighter dude i love how mikey just keeps antagonizing and just calling out hiroto dude yeah. one of my favorite fucking things that he does dude. He, he like consistently calls him a coward and i love it every single fucking time dude mm-hmm. um fight or flight time he says uh there's like this big guy in the way and he takes him down uh toward he's like i'm ready for the real fight yeah that's he's the like, thing oh, is oh, like uh oh, if i can if i can jump in here it's mikey yeah. mikey even points out it's like without the machines these guys are nothing like he just cuts a swath yeah. through it's because yeah. they've gotten so fucking lazy with technology like he and and it shows it in the panels it's like it cuts to him like fight or flight time and it just cuts to like bodies everywhere because he has just beat yeah. the ever-living shit out of the foot just everywhere he went they they rely too much on the singes and all that stuff. So these guys are just laying around, like you know, looking mm-hmm. cool, but they ain't doing shit, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then he runs into a room where he sees a big boy. This is this is a boss level in the video game right here. Uh, he sees a a big boy that has a big ass sword. He looks cool as hell too, man. I like the helmet. I like the armor. Mm-hmm. The sword looks cool. Looks like Elden Ring fights boss. this guy. <laughs> uh, and he takes him out. He's like. He's like, I'm ready. So, but he, he calls out Hiroto. He's like, uh, um, Oroku, Hiroto, I'm here. What are you waiting for? And he EMPs the crows and calls them out again. 
But this time, another enemy uh, comes out, which he says it's like a tank with wings fights him. But yet again, Mikey prevails, which again, builds the big ass sword. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking takes it down with it. Sword from the previous guy. Mm -hmm. Mikey's had enough and he says, Where are you hiding, coward? And then he wrote those, like, I'm not the one who skulked around for 10 years. And he's like, Which one of the, he's basically asking which one of the turtles he is since they all look the same to him. And at this point, Mikey's like 16 years. 16. It's been 16 years since you killed my family. All I know is that this has been a long time coming. All you need to know is that I'm the one who's going to finish it. The last of the Oroku bloodline ends tonight. You and your mother. And I just wrote, I love the dialogue here because it's Mm -hmm. fucking phenomenal. It's cold. It's cold-blooded. It's it's fucking great. Hiroto goes on about his mother and how he always hated her for leaving him as a child and never returning. And he's like, I'm only keeping her alive out of spite. And he just, like, dabs her coffin thing and kills her, dude. Yeah. And I was like, damn, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But Mikey's like, at least she had honor. And then the the fight with them, you know, continues or begins, rather. At least she had honor. You ready? (laughs) <laughs> I like how he's like, Are you ready? You ready for me to beat your ass? Let's go. Beat the living <laughs> shit out of you. Uh, in the lair, they hear about the explosion in Hiroto's tower. Casey Marie wishes she ha- he had waited for her. Meanwhile, Mikey and Hiroto fight down and outside. They're like falling down outside the tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, the resistance is finding a way to help April stop the flooding or they won't have anyone left to help them. Back in the fight, they're falling down and land on top of a water cooler. Uh, and Mikey's just, like, looking for a flaw in, the, in that self-repairing armor to expose. Mm. And he just can't find one. Uh, Casey Marie heads underwater to help her mom and says, I'm sorry, Sensei, but I can't leave mom hanging. I can't leave these people. I can't let these people die. You're on your own, just like you wanted. Uh, the fight continues, and the fall hurt Mikey more than he thought. He has to kind of back up and, you know, catch a breather to create, you know, uh, he needs to create a weak spot since he can't find one. Uh, I love how he's like a gift from Raphael and stabs him in the fucking hand with the. With that's his, with that's the, the thing I love about this fight as it happens. Please continue. He uses no, those. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's like, first rule of martial arts: never take your eyes off an opponent." As he bonks the shit out of Hiroto off the building, dude. <laughs> uh, and he just like falls off. Casey Marie's like, "Yo, my lungs are gonna be in trouble here because you know she's looking for her mom." Uh, on the ground level, Mikey bursts through the a uh, bust through Hiroto's armor as he sticks him with one of Leo's swords. Uh, Hiroto yields, and as Mikey's gonna end it, he gets caught off guard and gets just slashed. I think it's like in the gut or something, right? Yeah. And then. Uh, Mikey smacks him with Donnie's staff and he uh, jumps down to the sewer to kind of catch his breath and kind of stop the bleeding. Um, Bro. But he wrote f- lose yeah, my shit ahead. in this next panel. No, I just saying I lost my shit in this next panel with Mikey. And you know, you know what I'm talking about <laughs> in the art with the nunchucks. Uh, when he busts out the nunchucks at fucking last, I lose my fucking shit when I was reading it. I got so, so- hyped. So he like patches himself up uh, after Hiroto, you know, fo- follows him. He, Mikey manages to patch himself up uh, and he like busts out the nunchucks because finally, because finally he's like this entire time 
he's using other weapons aside from his own, but finally we get to see him use the nunchucks, and he is just yeah. like who's he's like who's hiding? And he fucking bombs him and bonks him in the head with the nunchuck. Mm-hmm. And Casey Marie's like trying to buy, you know, buy her mom more time, but she gets bonked with a rock, with the falling rocks, and April uh, you know, has to has to help her up. Um, and then Casey races off to go find Mikey, uh, with the tracker that April, uh, gave him or put on him. And then just the fight between Hiroto and Mikey continues, man. They just, they're going at it, man. And they fall out into like the mud hole. And man, what a setting for a fight, huh? Just a muddy, like the set pieces that like, as I'm reading this, I'm like, dude, I totally see this as a video game or a movie or a show or any, like, I just, I'm visualizing it in my head as I'm reading this this entire time. And it is so fucking good, dude. But anyway, they're just beating, like, they have no weapons at this point. They're just like, they're just beating the shit out of each other. Just hand to cuffs, man. Just, mm-hmm. just punching each other. And, uh, you know, they're, they're they're talking and uh, I like how Mikey's like I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna no so before that Hiroto's like you will not survive this mutant I cannot be defeated so he's like you're wrong Hiroto you I'm gonna bury you here this mud hole will be your grave <laughs> broken and alone outside the city you tried to destroy forgotten forever that's such a like I I love I love the dialogue dude I love it so much. It hits at everything and, that Hiroto wants, right? Like it, he's like yeah. you're nobody's going to remember you. You're just going to be dead and buried out here, motherfucker. Let's go. You know, like shit. Love and he's it. just crying. He's like I'm you know you're wrong. I'm a god. I'm immortal. <laughs> and he like fucking zaps him and they both fall down into the mud. Man, Mikey and hits him with a suplex. Look at that art right there. He's hitting him with a suplex. That's fucking crazy. Hell yeah, dude! Mm-hmm. I, I hope I hope they let us do that in the game, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mikey pulls out out of the mud, and he's like real hurt. Uh, oh, he's Casey fucked Marie, up. Casey Marie finds him. He's like, "Sensei, I'm here," and she's like, "Yo, you're not gonna leave me. I, I you can't. I brought the journal. See, you, you were gonna teach me. You promised. It's not fair." And he's like, uh, "Um, I'm sorry, Casey. It was my duty from my from." my destiny for my family. But she's like, I'm, but I'm your family now. She's like, yes, you, your mom, always my father's journal left it for you. It will teach you all he knew, but the last lesson is mine. Most important of all. And then we, we get to see the no peace page again from earlier. I won't lie. I got misty. I got misty right there, dude. (laughs) I did look, no tears dropped, but I got misty right there. I was like, it's it's so so good. good, man. And then April arrives too, and she's you know crying. She's like, "Oh, Mikey, goodbye, my sweet friend." And then just we see him there laying there in the muddy rainfall. And then we see like the you know the the lines blur in and out, and we see him waking up with the rest of his brothers and they're all like 
you know, yeah, we got we're heading topside for some fresh air and training, and you know, we we gotta move, and and you get to see the turtles as as we know them, you know, mm-hmm. back back in the days for them, and then we got and we see Casey's with them and Splinter's with them, and and then they're like, you know, New York City indeed has its own unique odor. Yeah, it does. It smells like home. And then we see them all in the group shot there. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. I I love that yeah. Raph has his arm around him, man. Like, because yeah, they were arguing as ghosts. Yeah. It's like, that means a lot. And then the end. And I was like, oh, man, so good. I thought it was going to end there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like epilogue. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> epilogue. And, we, and then we see Casey Marie training and following Splinter's book. April is hanging around too, doing her own thing. Uh, she's like, "Oh, what are we gonna eat?" And then April's like, "Oh, I don't care. I'm not really hungry." She's like, "I." W-. And April, Casey's like, "I wasn't talking to you." And it turns out, she's like, "Hurry up and grow already. I've got so much cool stuff to teach you." And then we see a four little baby turtles being grown in this little like sphere. And then, and then the part that gets me is like to be continued. And I was like, what to be continued? Where, when, what, huh? <laughs> so I wasn't expecting that, but that is where we leave off with Ninja Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the last Ronin, Josh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what else do you have to add in oh, for that last issue there? Before um, the whole, the whole run as a whole. Just, you know, I, just little notes that I thought were cool. Like I wrote down re- retreats into the sewer and bust out the nunchucks. Get them, Mikey. I wrote down. I was so hyped for when that happened. Like I, uh, I, uh, we kind of went over everything we, we I have in here. Just I liked him using you know his brother's weapons in different ways to get space to. They're there fighting with him, uh, yeah. in a way with those. So it's. I think it Absolutely. just it's it builds up so perfectly up to that ending too. Like, yeah, the and, oh, yeah, and the I, no, nose piece, Mikey nose piece. Yeah. yeah, I um, I have to say that I thoroughly, really, immensely enjoyed this. Um, probably I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. Probably one of my favorite comics I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so good and like going back to the trope of mikey being the last one that that's standing you know our last ronin i don't even care because i really like the way yeah. they, they handled it i thought it was really really well done it didn't really like even though it is a trope it didn't feel super like no. to me or anything like that it was so cool i like the the again i'm not a big fan of flashback storytelling but the way they did it here i thought was really cool um it it really makes me want to get the hardcover and the action figure, and I'm like, I can't wait for the game now. And yeah, I just i I love this man. I love it so much. It's so good, dude. It's so so good. And yeah, I'm glad I finally got to read it. I'm glad you know we both read it. You know we can talk about it and spread the word of how good it is. And you know we you know just. Yeah, I really loved it. I really enjoyed it, man. It, I, it was. I can't say enough good things about it. I could totally see in my 
mind as I was reading this how like they you know would turn it into a video game since I know they were doing that and I just I can't wait man like from what I remember they were saying that they were it was it could they were inspired by like God of War so it might be like God of War style TMNT game which dude if that's gonna be the case sign me all the way the fuck up dude I can't wait for that game that'll be jumping up to like one of my most highly anticipated games now that i that i you know have read this so yeah mm-hmm. i just overall really loved it love the art style love the dialogue love the characters and and you know the, the motivations and the just everything about it dude, like i don't really have anything negative to say it was just so fantastic and i figured i would like it but i loved it man i really really loved it <clears throat> so i'm all about it yeah, I'm I'm about the same as you, man. Like I, I don't really have anything negative to say about it. Like I, uh, from the moment I started uh, it and finished it, I had a good time. Like I enjoyed the story, and like listen, tropes. Not all tropes are bad. Tropes are fine. They're just it's storytelling that gets told. Not all tropes are bad. Some are bad, but not all of them are bad. And in this case, it's definitely not bad. It's it's good. I'm glad they they did it with Mikey because it it. It made it special to me as a Mikey fan, right? Like as a as a, like he was my favorite, still is my favorite. Uh, even more so, my favorite now that he's his future is the uh, last Ronin, right? Right, yeah. like. Uh, so yeah, much like you, I want that hardcover. I want the I want those action figures. I want hell yeah, dude. Uh, I want all that stuff. I you know like, it's it's a bittersweet story. I enjoyed every moment of it. Like. Um, yeah, and like I said, I got Misty died at the end when the, with the no peace and all that at the end. Like, it's uh, I can't I can't recommend it enough. The same as you, probably one of the top things I've ever read. Um, and I recommend it. Like, you've heard us talk about it. Go read it. Go look at some of the art for it. They have so many different covers for it too, and they all look sick. I wish there was like a way for me to show you guys each one, but I can't. Uh, because I want you to go out there and, and get your hands on that, on that, on those books and, and check them out. Um, but yeah, God, it was knocked it out of the park with that pick, buddy. I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so glad it was good, man. Cause I, yeah, it's like I said, it's something that I've been wanting to read since it came out. And much like you, I was kind of spoiled on who the fucking turtle, mm-hmm. you know, the last Ronin was going to be. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a bummer, but like, Whatever. I, I, I'm glad that they revealed that at the end of the first issue, you know? Uh-huh. So it wasn't like you didn't have to wait too long for it. Um, But no, I... Yeah, I can't say enough good things about it, dude. I absolutely loved it, and... Yeah, I just... I'm, I'm, I'm glad we uh, we read something that was that was great, especially after, you know, the authority. Um, but, uh, you know... This was a a really good, really good comic run, and yeah, I I feel like I I need the hardcover because I want to have it in my shelf over here. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I loved it, uh, which I keep saying. So I think it's time yeah. to wrap it up. Let's wrap her up. Um, so let's go ahead and do that, my friend, because it is hot as hell too. That's gonna be it for the last running, guys. Go give it a read. Uh, let us know what you think of it. Uh, let us know if you like it as much as we do. Uh, and all of that. Sure. DT, I'm going to throw it to you so you can do your goodbyes, sir. You're up on the main screen. 
All right. Thank you guys for joining us on the episode 167 of the Clockwork Cantina, TMNT, The Last Ronin. We'll be back next week. We're going to be watching a TV show, an animated show that we haven't seen that everybody and their mama loved when it, when it came out and has not stopped talking about it. Uh, it's a little show called Arcane League of Legends. So we're going to be watching that within the next week, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, gonna catch up on it it's something that we have not seen and i was saving uh to watch uh for an occasion such as this so we're gonna finally do it um i don't i'm not a big league of legends guy so i don't really know much about anything but i hear it's a great damn show so we're gonna check it out uh coming up for me uh i got this game that i'm gonna be streaming because i got a key for it That'll probably be tomorrow. Um, and then more Assassin's Creed Unity as I continue to make my way through that game. So that's what I'm going to be doing upcoming on stream. Um, but other than that, uh, thanks for watching and listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye-bye and peace out, everybody. See ya. All right. Thank you guys for checking out the show, hanging around with us with all the news and hearing us talk about the last Ronin. Appreciate you guys. Looking forward to Arcane next week, so that'll be fun to talk about as well. Because everybody's seen it except for like us, so it's gonna be cool. Um, coming up for me, streams all week, probably all Final Fantasy 16. I might do a free play Friday type deal and do some Jagged Alliance. We'll see. I don't know for sure if that's what we're gonna do, but maybe. Uh, the Dice Shop, 902 Dice Creations everywhere. Uh, TikTok just hit 500 followers. Go follow the TikTok. I appreciate you guys. Come follow the YouTube, all that stuff. All the sellout shit. Come do all that. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll see you guys uh, for the next podcast as well. And until then, take care of each other. And remember, for family, for honor. Good evening.